everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Best Damn Sports Show on Stereo, the Young, Black, and Bothered Sports Loss. The usual crew is here tonight. We're missing, we're down one. Pam, I hope you are feeling better. Um, and don't go bungee jumping or whatever you did. Um, yeah, <laughs> just don't, don't do that. Don't do that anymore. But Lou is here. Cassie is here. Greg is here. He'll be on. He'll be on mute for a few minutes <clears throat> um, as we begin the show. Um, so you know, I, I have to. If you all don't mind, take a point of personal privilege um, with this uh, this this intro um, for the show today. Um, I'm coming to you all with a very heavy heart. Um, this past weekend, this past weekend, on um, Friday night or early Saturday morning, to be exact, uh, I received the news that a young man that I regarded as a little brother, um, who also was a uh, later became a member of my chapter um, of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated at Lincoln. Um, Great, mighty new chapter, <clears throat> bloody new chapter. Um, lost his life. Um, it was tragic. It was unexpected. Um, he developed complications from a bout of COVID. Um, and He's now no longer with us. <sighs> it's, you know, just even thinking about this right now, it's just, it's, it's bringing in a whole bunch of, whole bunch of emotions. Like this, this, this kid had so much in front of him. He had just, like five days before his death, he had um, posted a picture on social media about him entering his second year of autometry school. And five days later, he's gone, he's no longer with us. Um, to the holiday family, I love you guys. Um, my heart goes out to you. Um, I'm praying for you. I mean, you know that if it's anything that you all need, um, I am nothing but a phone call away. To my brothers of, of <clears throat> my, to my brothers of new chapter, um, unfortunately, we've been through this before. We've lost brothers from the chapter, um, young brothers from the chapter. Um, so I am, um, I'm praying for all of you. Um, to the students that was in Brother Holiday's. Uh, graduating class who knew him very well um, who regarded him as a friend as a brother um, as family my heart goes out to you all as well this is not easy it's never easy when you lose when you lose someone you love or lose someone that you really care about um, but take solace in the fact that he lived a great life. Um, the fact that we're all having these emotions mean that he was a great person. 
and it's it's still hard to now have, to talk about him in the past tense. Um, but rest in beautiful peace, Nigel Holiday, brother Nigel Holiday. Um, and I hope to see you when I get to the other side. <sighs> okay, I got that over with. Whew, that was difficult. <clears throat> that was difficult. Um, I, I'm sorry that I had to start the show off that way, but the title of the show is is uh, is aptly named. Even when grieving, the show must go on. Um, so we're going to talk sports. That helps me to heal from this because this was not expected. This was a shock to all of our systems, especially mine. Um, and if no one told you they loved you today, know that I love you. And we need to spread love and joy to the world because we never know. You never know. None, none of us know when is our time to go. Life is short. Life is precious. And we need to just enjoy life and ride this sucker off until the wheels fall off. With that being said, how y'all doing today? Lou, Cashley, how, how are you all today? Uh, I, I'm, I'm okay. Um, I, I do want to express my sincere condolences to you um, and your brothers. Uh, my sincere condolences. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lou, uh, what about you? <clears throat> uh, I'm doing okay. And uh, just like Cashley said, I also would like to send my sincere condolences and uh, prayers and thoughts to uh, you and all your brothers. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, yeah, that's, that's, that's about it. No problem. I really do appreciate that. Oh, all right. So, <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, I hate that I had to start the show off that way. You know, usually this usually this is our good news segment um, before we get into the business of wrestling and what happened in the wrestling world over the past week. Um, so you know what? Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. We've had our sad we had our sad moment. Let let's let's bring some positivity back into into the chat. So one good thing that happened this this past week. Anyone can go first. Well, I attended I attended SmackDown Live in Raleigh on Friday, so that was fun. Whoa. Yes. Okay. Okay. And I'm sure you're gonna get ready to tell us all about what happened. I um, am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lou, what about you? One good thing that happened this week. Uh well, um this is my last day of my little four day weekend that uh that I had off. And uh this past weekend my wife and my daughter and myself, we just took a little road trip down to Columbus, Ohio and did a little back to school shopping for uh for my daughter and uh she's really big into the uh the funko pops you know what those are those those little dolls uh-huh. that uh, yeah you know they make her everything yeah well she's she's been looking for like all of the uh 
the Stranger Things uh, series. So she's <laughs> looking for them. Like we had to go to probably nine different Game Stops, Best Buy, Target, Walmart, everywhere. We did end up finding about I think five. But I guess as soon as these as soon as these things come in, they sell like hotcakes and people grab them up and stuff. But uh, it was a fun weekend. Uh, weather was really nice. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was. A, it was a good time. It was good to get away from this everyday reality. You know. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad you. I'm glad you all enjoyed that trip. And yes, I yes, those sparkle pops are like. Hey, I'm about to date myself. Beyblades. <laughs> <laughs> Back in 2016, oh my goodness, that those things used to drive me nuts. A lot those and 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 fidget spinners. I think in my desk at the end of the at the end of the year, I had because I was teaching first grade at the time. I had to have like a hundred of the damn things in my desk. I'm trying to clean out my classroom at the end of the year, and I'm like, okay, this belongs to. I, you know, I don't know. So here, so when y'all just look, whoever wants it, take it. <clears throat> so yes, oh man, oh boy, <laughs> that was funny. All right, um, well, I guess my good news, my good news is that tomorrow I get to meet all the all the site directors in my region, um, in person. So tomorrow is my first day in the office. <laughs> nice. So uh, it was my first day. Are you ex- are you excited or nervous or both? I'm a little bit of both, but not only is my not only is it my first day in the office. Later in the afternoon, <clears throat> later in the afternoon, I have to go to my school for the first time. So cause we're having uh, we're having we're having family orientations, and I get to put my recruiter hat on and try to get. Parents to sign up so that one I can hire, I, I can hire more people from my site, and two I can be fully, fully time, fully full time. <laughs> because my, yeah, my, you know, staffing level is uh, are tied to uh, how many kids are in the program. So I have some recruiting to do tomorrow and and Wednesday and next week. So. <laughs> Well, good luck to you, man. I hope everything goes smooth for you. I'm hoping so too. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really, really excited. I'm very, very excited. I've been, um, you know, the last couple of weeks of the virtual, just like uh, virtual trainings, virtual meetings, um, and then finally to like get in and really start doing the work. Uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, so. That's that. <laughs> um, well, let's go ahead. Since we shared our good news for the week, we started off on a sad note, but we put some, some laughter and positivity back into the chat. And we're going to move right along. And Cashly, if you're ready for your wrestling update, I'm sure you definitely want to talk about going to SmackDown on Friday. <laughs> the floor is yours. Okay. Um, well, first, I want to say hey to my wonderful co-host of the Melanie Matt, Pam. Um, just want to say, uh, you know, send out some positive vibes to you. Get well soon. Um, 
Well, let's see. SmackDown in Raleigh. Yes, I said Raleigh. Greg <laughs> in North Carolina um, at the PNC Arena. It was it was very fun. Um, it was a packed house um, and it was televised. So if you happen to be tuning in, um, yes, I was in the crowd. Off to the side, though, so you probably didn't see me. But, you know, um, there was some tag team tournaments that were kicked off. And I see title that was on the line and also a really big return um, of some released talent. Uh, well, to start off the show, it was with the women's tag team tournament. And we had Raquel Rodriguez and Aliyah uh, facing Shotzi and Zaya Lee with uh, Raquel and Aliyah picking up that win. Um, followed up with that, we had a promo by Drew McIntyre, who has a program that he's working with Roman Reigns and Karrion Cross, but he does have a title match with Roman Reigns at Clash in the Castle, which I believe is um, later this month or early September, but um, he's up for that title. Um, followed with by that is a return by Hit Row. So Ashanti Adonis, uh, B-Fab, and also Top Dollar uh, returned back. Now, if you remember, they were part of those big releases due to, quote-unquote, budget cuts. And I use very heavy air quotes with budget cuts. No, we know now. <laughs> Um, but they turned back to they came back to SmackDown with a lot of um a lot of happy fans. We were really glad to see them back. And I think their release was one of the ones that really let me down. Like, wow, he called them up just to let them go. But now they're back, so you know, let's see what they do. Um, followed by that was a contract signing for the uh SmackDown women's title with Liv Morgan and Shayna Baszler. Um Nothing too exciting there. Just a regular um, contract signing. So nothing really extravagant. Um, Follow up with a a tag team match with Drew McIntyre and Matt Cat Moss facing the Usos. So, you know, Drew and Matt Cat, that was just a team they threw together just to face the Usos because they're all kind of working a program together. So that's what that was. But it was still a pretty good match anyway. Um, But match of the night was the Intercontinental Championship match with Shinsuke Nakamura versus Gunter. In my opinion, this was a match of the night. Um, this was a really great physical, high-paced match. And it was really good to see, considering the fact that the Intercontinental title really hasn't been held to high regard in the last, I would say, maybe five, six years. So it was really good to see that these two put in a, a good match for this particular title. But uh, pretty much to end the night as a dark match main event, it was the Street Profits versus the uh, the Bruisers. So that was pretty much off-air match there. Uh, <clears throat> but speaking of Clash of the Castle, uh, there are talks of a possible WWE draft happening after that pay-per-view, of course, with all the returns and, you know, there may be some shakeups. But also in WWE, WrestleMania tickets went on sale on 8-12, and a kickoff party was held at SoFi Stadium in LA. Um, why they released tickets this early, I don't know. Normally they go on sale sometime in November, and I was not ready at all. So <laughs> um, that must mean they expect a pretty heavy turnout. 
But uh, more in WWE is that uh, they plan to release their quarterly company earnings on Tuesday, which was delayed due to the allegations against the former chairman. Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty much it for WWE news. Uh, nothing going Can on in AEW. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. how, how many states are there? How many states? Yeah. Yeah. States. Okay. How many times do we need to see WrestleMania in California? <laughs> well, I mean, well, <laughs> I guess in all fairness, right? California is pretty big. So I think the last one you're probably talking about is San Diego. Yeah. That was well, at the ninth yeah, stadium. Well, that's the thing, though. As big as California is, they keep holding it at the same three stadiums. So that's problem number two. Yeah. For me. Um, problem number one is they feel like they can't come to the East Coast unless it's in New York or Miami. And they miss mm-hmm. some of the best stadiums for a March or April event. I feel like Gillette Not Stadium, FedEx. Not FedEx. No, 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 no. no. FedEx, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but like, for me, like, all this, all the winter months are pretty much. For like Boston, for example, like March and April are really good times to have a WrestleMania in Boston. And somebody say, oh, well, it would be like 70 degrees. So it's fucking California on a Sunday night or a Saturday night. So there's that. Um, I would say I'm tired of Texas. I'm tired of California. I feel like a Vegas one I would go to. I would go to maybe... I say like a, a Nashville, Tennessee one. I would love to see a Tennessee WrestleMania. It would give me a reason to go to Tennessee. Um, I don't want another Tampa Bay mm-hmm. one. But I think after this year, I would just, I, I don't want to see any more West Coast because then it becomes a thing of all the people who are traveling to see WrestleMania. Like obviously they come into the Western Hemisphere and stuff. But it's like they've been here already. They experienced that. You're not adding any value to like generate revenue. Stop having WrestleMania, like have Royal Rumble in California. I don't think they've done that in a few years. I can live with that. SummerSlam too. Have a WrestleMania in Chicago. They swear that that's like their number four, like biggest market when it comes to ticket sales. Why not have a WrestleMania in Chicago? I would go to Chicago for a WrestleMania. I went for New Orleans. And I feel like Chicago has more to do. So yeah, I ain't going to say too much about it. I just feel like, they they've run out of ideas and they really want Dwayne Johnson to do a WrestleMania. That's why it's like, okay, what we'll do is we'll go Texas, California, Texas, California. Either he's filming um, in Texas or it's like, bro, he's not coming back right now. Yeah, he's not. He's, 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 he's not. So stop trying to press the issue because you know what it looks like? It looks like they're fishing for that Roman and Rock match. They're like, okay, well, if we do California every two years, he's going to do it. Because then they have Hollywood in like, what was it, 2018, 2019? I believe. So so it's like, okay, so it's going to be an every two, three year thing? No. So I don't know what the future WrestleMania events are going to happen. I know they usually announce that in like, you know, November for the year of like 2024 or something. But enough's enough. Like for the past six years, they've had California, what, three times? I think we could be done with California after this WrestleMania next year. Seriously. Yeah, I'll land there. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, well, uh, to wrap up wrestling news, um, I'll take everybody across the Pacific to Japan. Um, there's a couple of tournaments going on. Uh, one, the G1 Climax, which started 7-16 and is wrapping up on 8-18. So we currently have a six-way tie, six points across three blocks. Um, IWGP champion Jay White is currently undefeated and leading that tournament with 10 points. Um, Pro Wrestling Noah is another Japanese promotion who is holding their annual tournament called the Victory N1 with uh, two blocks and 16 competitors. You can view that tournament with English commentary on the Wrestle Universe streaming app. And uh, that's all I have in wrestling news. Back to you, Q. Oh, hold on one second. One second, Q. I'm sorry. I may have spoken <laughs> a little bit too soon. Mm-hmm. 2020, 2024 WrestleMania will be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They finally realized. Oh, yep, that's that right. That's right. Yep. I I can comfortably say I will go to that one. I can comfortably stat myself for that. So WrestleMania, and it's WrestleMania 40. Yeah, yeah. WrestleMania 40. We're going. I, I will mm-hmm. be at WrestleMania Philly. I will be there because it might be the yeah. last and the only time that I go to the Philadelphia Stadium and not say. Hey Q, let's wear a commander's jersey today. So (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't mind it in DC though. I wouldn't mind the mania in DC. No, no, not a FedEx. Not a FedEx. Nationals Park? Okay. Audi Field? Sure. FedEx? That's a death drop. Well, FedEx would be the best it would be the best place. I wouldn't mind it because I know for a fact that they can actually house it. It's just on if Vince would just get out. Well, now he's gone, but he mm-hmm. would never do it because he doesn't feel like there's enough culture outside of that. But he also had WrestleManias in New Orleans where it's like, okay, you still got to travel like four miles walking in order to get to everywhere. So, oh, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Now, somebody would say, oh, New Orleans, my hotel was near everything. Yeah, because once you're in that little bubble, it's like, yeah, like I can go to you know bourbon street and then the stadium mm-hmm. is like two and a half miles walking uphill but it's still walking uphill right and then mm-hmm. when you outside of that like there's really nothing to do for the culture of like wrestling fans outside of bourbon street and for somebody who likes to go to a wrestlemania event for roughly five days like i like to go wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday and then monday night is like the last event and then mm-hmm. you fly out on tuesday um, right. And that was six days, but I'm, I'm canceling out that first day because that first day, by the time you get in, it's like eight thirty, nine o'clock anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Philly, I could comfortably say, is a stadium I never thought that they would have a WrestleMania in. I never thought that they would do that. And Philly is probably on my list at like number 20 of the places I would actually want to go and watch a WrestleMania. But now that I'm thinking about all the nearby stadiums they could host like Raw at or other wrestling events, and then how many oh, legends... Yeah are from, like, Philly, like, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. It's WrestleMania 40. Mm-hmm. The last one I went to was, what, 30? So I feel like if I go every 10 years, Yep, it certainly was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, WrestleMania 40, I'm in there. I'm in there. All right. All right. So, mm-hmm. Cashly, tell us when mm-hmm. the next episode of The Melanin Matt will be made available. Um, well, we just dropped a new episode um, yesterday, as a matter of fact, but we are streaming live on Stereo Thursdays at 6.30. So check us out there. All right. And I actually, I'm proud of myself. Before I was at Greg's house, 
I listened to the show live. Yes, thank you. You did. <laughs> you did. Yes, I actually listened, and it was it was a a, um, a a great episode. It was a great great episode. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, thank you. The, thank the time you. that I the time that I did um, listen, um, it was a great great episode. Um, so great job, you guys. And for everyone else, make sure you listen to the Melanie Matt on Thursdays at six thirty. Eastern PM, Eastern Standard Time here live here on stereo. Um, the if you missed the live episode, you can catch up with uh, with all of their episodes on your favorite podcasting platform um, when the episode is posted. So thank you so much, Tashley, for that for that update. And yeah. <clears throat> um, first before we get into <clears throat> the first with the second segment of the show uh, on the NFL, I just want to take a take a moment to acknowledge those listening in the audience. Dan Rod, the founder of the Sports on Stereo hashtag. How you doing, brother? Thank you for listening in live tonight. Uh, Peter and Jimmy Skywalker, thank you for being in and listening to the show live tonight. Uh, we appreciate your support. Um, and with that, Let's talk NFL. This weekend, this past weekend was the first was the first preseason weekend. Um, there were some interesting some interesting matches in this, in this first week. Um, any thoughts of what you saw? Um, if you paid attention to the preseason games that were broadcast this weekend, any thoughts, Lou, Greg? Um, really quick, I, I feel like a lot of the teams that I thought were bad aren't as bad as I like originally planned. I was talking shit about Carolina; they surprised me. I actually think they look good. Um, with both quarterbacks, um, I know Lou said last week everybody was thinking Baker Mayfield looked good, and he did look good for the series he played. Sam Darnold looks good. I wasn't expecting that. Like, he looks like he honestly, like, he doesn't want to lose this job because he knows he doesn't want to play in Washington. So, yeah, yeah, it looks really good in Carolina. Uh, if Christian McCaffrey can come back half the player he was three seasons ago, I'm going to be talking differently in November about Carolina. Um, <laughs> other team, other teams, um, Outside of hearing about the fact that Zach Wilson slept with his mom's friends, um, I'm praying for that man to get healthy by week two and he can play because the Jets look halfway decent. They're not good, but they look halfway decent. The Texans are still garbage. Um, Pittsburgh, um, I'm still really up in the air on because I don't really think that they should just hedge their bets on Chase Claypool. It, it just it feels wrong. I don't know why. It just something about it just it. Everything I thought is not the same with them. Um, Washington, whenever Chase Young gets back, we'll see. Um, what were some other teams I noticed? The New England Patriots are absolute dog shit. Um, I don't know what's going on over there. I, it's it's bad. It's really bad. I can tell you what's going on over there. They have freaking Joe Judge and Matt Patricia running the offense. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Um, I'm trying to think. of. I saw like three other games, but I'll just talk about the two teams I can vividly remember. Um, 
Vegas is already slated to like be in the Super Bowl this year with how like stacked they are and they've been talking up this Devontae Adams thing. I personally don't see it yet, but I'll give them a few weeks to work things out because every year for the past, what, two years we've been doing like the sports that show, I've been like clamoring about Derek Carr. I can't do it this year. I feel like all the other quarterbacks in his caliber are like a step ahead of him and he has the better talent overall. So I feel like Derek Carr works better under pressure, putting a superstar receiver and giving him not one, not two, but three solid running backs. He has no excuses. Um, and finally, Kansas City. I will be surprised if they win eight games this year. I really would be surprised. I feel like who is who is that team? I feel like they're Milwaukee, like the Milwaukee Bucks of like football. Like, yeah, they they gonna have their you know good season and stuff like that, but it's just it's not the same. And then with you know Tyreek Hill leaving. It just doesn't pass the smell test. So I'm really hoping that ultimately Kansas City has a better record than Dallas. And the reason why is I don't want to hear how much better Dak Prescott is over, over him with no fucking rings. I don't want to hear that shit. And if I have to hear it, I'm telling you, I'm I'm going to quit the sports test for two weeks. First article I see <laughs> that says that Dak Prescott is better than Patrick Mahomes, I'm, I'm going to be sick. Um, and finally... Green Bay, um, they're everything we thought they were, frauds. Um, they, they've been frauds with a number one receiver. They're even worse. I, I want Jordy Nelson to get a call back because they look bad. Um, Aaron Rodgers looks bad. His mustache looks bad. He, that fucking <laughs> team is just bad in general. So all in all, man, I'm ready for the season to start. Not because I actually want to watch football. It's because I want to see where these quarterback like prices are for week one of DraftKings and FanDuel because I got they're already out. <clears throat> yeah, they're if, already out. I don't, I don't know if you want to run down like the, the top five when it comes to like the DraftKings prices of quarterbacks, but I'm just going to take a wild guess. Um, if I could say so, I would probably put, I think Brady had the smallest matchup, so he's in like the top five. So in no particular order, Brady, Mahomes, um, Brady Mahomes, Rodgers, uh, I would say Dak oh, Prescott. So and, I, have, um, I have them up. I have them up. Oh, wait, for, week, for week one, these are, and you know, these could change, <clears throat> but they usually don't. The top, the, the highest salary quarterback is Patrick Mahomes at 8,700. Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. at 8,500. <clears throat> Justin Herbert at 8,400, Kyla Murray at 8,200, and Jalen Hurts at 8,000. All right, you know what? I'm done talking football for this week. Jalen Hurts? All right, I'm going with you. What? Jalen Hurts? Yeah, Jalen Hurts is 8,000. Who do they play week one? They play Detroit. That's why. That's why. All right. That's yeah, why. That's why. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> which means he's. Which means he's going to disappoint, and the Lions are going to start one and zero this year. And I, I would. Yeah. I bet it. If we can make the first bet of the year, I bet the Lions win week one. <laughs> week two, Jalen Hurts will be back down to seven thousand. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Jalen Hurts is all. He's going to be seventy four hundred. And that's for like what, six and, and days out of the season. 
And this is yep. on FanDuel. And this is on FanDuel. If I go to DraftKings, I'm going to pull DraftKings up. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to pull DraftKings up. There we go. On DraftKings, and those are all the that was the one o'clock games. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the one the one o'clock window. Um, on DraftKings. All right, here here we are. Patrick Mahomes is seventy seven hundred. Justin Herbert is seventy six hundred. Lamar Jackson is seventy three hundred. Kyler Murray is seventy two hundred, and Aaron Rodgers is seven thousand dollars. Jalen Hurts is the sixth most expensive quarterback, and he's at sixty eight hundred. He is going okay. They're, they're propping him up to be like a letdown, like Dak Prescott. I, I don't even know why. Dak, even hurt. Let me tell you what Dak is. Don't say Dak like is. ninth. No. Oh, oh, he's in the. Do the Cowboys play first? Do they have the first game, or do they play uh, that Sunday night or Monday night? I think they play Sunday night, right? Because he's not in this. He's not in. So yeah, he must be su- Sunday night or either Sunday yeah, night or Monday or Monday night. Probably, yeah. Because I know the Rams have the first. You know, the, they always try to put the Super Bowl champion in the first game of the season. The reigning Super Bowl champion, you know, on that that first Thursday night game, right? <clears throat> um, and that's so, the Rams. That a, that's the Rams of Buffalo. That's yeah. Game, so yeah, I can go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was not expecting that list. Kid. Yeah, Buffalo, but you know what? Buffalo and the Rams are the first game of the season on Thursday night on September 8th. Sounds like a good time, but yeah, Jalen Hurts. Like, can't wait for the Lions to go 1 0. Can't fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so, my, 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 my talk real quick on um, preseason. Okay, number one, I don't, I don't take anything. From preseason, when when I watch preseason, it's literally just to watch the drafted players. I already know what I'm getting out of the second, third, fourth year players, veterans, everything like that. Nine times out of ten, the veterans don't even hardly play at all anyway. So, um, of course, the only game that I pretty much watched the entire way through until they cut it off was the Steelers game. So, because I wanted to see. Kenny Pickett and George Pickens. They look uh, the, good. The, yeah, good. Pickens. Pickens. Pickens is going to finish top three, I believe, in, in rookie receiving. Um, he 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 does look that good. I don't take much out of the whole Kenny Pickett thing. I mean, again, you know, it's, did he look good? Yeah, he looked decent. You know, he's thirteen of fifteen, two touchdowns. But you're going up against the other team's third-string defense. Yeah. You know, so it, 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 their guy's trying to make that team, too. So I don't really take much out of it with quarterbacks and stuff like that. So receivers, <clears throat> receivers, running backs, stuff like that, that's what I'm looking for. Okay. Okay. And um, I mean, your argument for your argument about Kenny Pickett is the same argument that I have right now. Um, about um, shit. What's his name? Um, 
the quarterback that the commanders picked in the fifth round, uh, uh, Howell, Sam Howell. He looked, oh, okay. he looked really good. He looked really good. But again, that's against third stringers, third or fourth stringers trying to make the team. But he did, right. he did play very, very well. He got the commanders back in the game, actually took help get them back in the lead with two minutes, less than two minutes remaining. Um, in the fourth quarter, they were down by 14. Um, he had two rushing touchdowns, one from 17 yards and one at the goal line. But right here, does he have upside? Absolutely. I think so. I mean, to get drafted in the league, you gotta have, you, you gotta show something. You can't just be Jake Luton or, um, uh, what's our favorite whipping boy? Um, I can't remember his name. He used to play for uh, uh, Peterman, Nathan Peterman. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or or Bubby Brister. More on that in a second. Um, oh boy. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't take too much from. This is especially the first preseason game. I don't, you right. know, the starters don't play, but maybe one or two series. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, this this line. This weekend, this this week this week um, play preseason slate. I think you're gonna see. This is when you're really gonna see a lot. The starters will play all of the first quarter, deep into the second quarter. They may even play the first half of the, of the game. I think this week is what is you really gonna you're really gonna be able to see like what's really up with those teams. Um, because you know it would be the starters and the second stringers playing the majority of the first half, right? Right. So I think, th- yeah, I think this week is the week to really pay attention to your favorite teams doing in their preseason game. Uh, the Commanders play the Chiefs on Saturday at four o'clock, one o'clock or four o'clock. And then it was one o'clock, then no four o'clock. Um, this week will be the week. This week will be the week. Okay. Um, no, moving right on from the preseason, because we really can't talk about preseason right now, because, you know, the verdict is still out. <laughs> um, Greg, you shared um, a graphic with us in the text group last week talking about the, the most annoying fan bases in the NFL. So, I'm going to let you take the lead on that. Wait, was that me? I hope it wasn't yeah. me, because I think all of them are annoying. Um, <laughs> I think that was you or was it you? Uh, <laughs> no, I think it was Lou. Lou did the most annoying it, it, thing. It, 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 yeah, I think it might have been me. Yeah, because my, my number one on that list wasn't number one on the list. So, okay, so do you want to, I know it was a top ten list, right? Right. Okay, so do you want to run through that list real quick? Um, sure, give me one do. second. I can pull it up here in a second. Okay. Um, where well, is it? I'm going to say this, just, just, just to, as a teaser. I can tell oh. you, yeah, that oh, number one team summer. should not be the number one team. We know what the number one team, number one most annoying fucking fan base in the NFL is. And hit. Oh, over, it has a star. I got it. Okay, so according to this list, and it is from uh, FFT, what is that, Fantasy Football Today, I guess? I'm not sure. 
Okay, so I'll go. It's the top 12 most annoying bandmates. And I'll go from 12 down to one. Okay. Uh, all right. So number 12, we got the Baltimore Ravens. 11, Buffalo Bills. How is Ben's Bills Mafia on this list? I mean, they, uh, okay, I understand why. But, okay, go on. <laughs> number 10. Number 10 is the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, number nine is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number eight, of Brady. Number eight is the Washington Commanders. You made the top ten and something. Okay, All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> number seven is the Cleveland Browns, which I would move them way up the list. But anyway, uh, number six is the New York Giants. Number five oh, is wow. Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they're annoying. Number four is the Green Bay Packers. Number yes, three is da- Dallas Cowboys. How are they number three? Two How is New England. Three? Number one is the Philadelphia Eagles. Philly? Philly? I, I, Philly, yes. Okay. Philly is definitely a top ten most annoying fan base. But number but number one? Yeah, I don't put that number, number one. one. It's clearly the number one. The number one most annoying fan base is, without a doubt, the team that everyone and I don't know why because they have not won a Super Bowl in over thirty years, in nearly thirty years. The Dallas Cowboys, quote unquote, America's team. Get the hell out of here! Who made this list? <laughs> I, I all that said was FFT, and I don't know who that is exactly from, but oh, yeah, I, I would say Dallas is number one. Um, New England's got to be close to number two, but I no, never where's defend the Steelers New England. in this. Where's the Steelers and, in this? And, and that's what I was going to say. The teams like they, they have up there as, as um, right, but see, and that's why I'm taking New England away from this. Is because they have championships to back it up. Pittsburgh, they have championships to back it up. Philly, what, what's Philly? How many championships Philly have? One. Right. How many? And you, you just said Dallas. They haven't won said what? Almost it's thirty 1995. years. Nineteen ninety-five. Right. So. Uh, and Dallas also. Not to cut you off. Dallas also has the most annoying owner in sports, Jerry Jones. I think everybody knows that. Green Bay is on this list, I think, just because of Aaron Rodgers. I think literally. No, the Chiefs... Just because of Aaron Rodgers. No, no I, 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 I have to disagree with you on that. The Chiefs had travel, just like Philly. I mean, not Philly. Just like Dallas. Just like the Steelers. The goddamn terrible towels. <clears throat> like, people show up to... People show up. You know, uh, Green Bay fans travel, and they travel well. So, yeah, they are straight. They belong in the top five. I'm going to put Green Bay up there now again because you you brought up something that made me think about why those fans are annoying. They feel as though they have had two of the top five greatest quarterbacks of all time, and they Mm -hmm. played together. And we will never live that. 18 month period down of them losing, which, which is disgusting. I've literally heard from a young lady that I used to have relations with who was a diehard Green Bay Packers fan. She said, 
well, what has your team done this year? And I was like, what has Green Bay done this year? And you know what she said? Win the division. <laughs> um, that's yeah, what they're good Green at. Bay fans. They're good at winning the division and then losing when it matters the most. It's right. But just imagine, it's upsetting, kind of. But just imagine why they're so good at winning the division. Because they're so good at winning the division. Because look, they, the, the, the NFC Central, the exactly. NFC Central has two the rest of the division is so bad. Teams. Two terrible teams. The Chicago Bears trash. The Detroit Lions. When it has ever won anything. Yep. That's why. <clears throat> okay, I'm sorry. I have to I have to interject for a second if you don't mind. Um last week, Lou being such a great guy that he is, um, he told us about one of the worst quarterbacks of all time. The only reason I'm mentioning this, I know Q's about to bring it up, but I bid on a nineteen eighty-nine score Bubby Brister. RC Pittsburgh Steelers number eleven Beckett mint condition eight point five right. I lost the bid. I lost. I lost the auction. The auction that I lost to like I put in a dollar. I lost by twenty five cent. Oh my gosh! I'm never gonna live this down. I'm never gonna live this down. Uh, I'd write Bobby a letter tell him he owes you a quarter. <laughs> he definitely owes me a quarter. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, it was a mint condition card. And there's not too many of these because I feel like people might have used them as toothpicks or like something. But yeah. The, I got, now I got to find this rookie card. But Q, you, you go ahead. I'm going to go and try to bid on another card to see if I can win this one. Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. So. Yeah, that some of those teams that's on that on that on that annoying fan base list like what Baltimore. I get why Baltimore's on the list. I hate Baltimore, um, but it's RB one. Everyone loves RB one, Lamar Jackson. But anyway, <clears throat> so next, my next story that I wanted to talk about and discuss in, it, in the NFL. We're gonna. I have, I have a bunch of other topics, but I'm gonna try to convince them a little bit. Um, should the Raiders trade Josh Jacobs? Should the Raiders trade Josh Jacobs? And I asked this question because it was posted <clears throat> as an argument piece on how the almighty Bleacher Report. And let me go to the article now and bring up some article, the reasons why they think that the Raiders shouldn't trade him. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders had a strong start to the 2022 preseason with a 27-11 win over the Jacksonville Dragars. Who cares? Um, but their victory came with some controversy. Some skeptics raised questions about running back Josh Jacobs' workload, which fueled trade speculation. In the post-game presser, Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels talked about his decision to give Jacobs and other running backs work during the preseason. <coughs> um, McDaniels said, quote, I always think it's good for backs to carry the ball in the preseason. There's a lot of things that happen when you get tackled and hit that you can't simulate in practice. I think all of our guys had the ball tonight. I think all of our guys we either caught it or were handed the ball and had to get tackled. We can't really simulate that or rep that in practice. Um, McDaniel's explanation checks out with how his former team, the New England Patriots, used lead running back Damian Harris last preseason. 
in the 2021 preseason, Harris recorded 14 rush attempts for 60 yards and a touchdown. He played in all three exhibition games. Jacobs took five carries for 30 yards last Thursday. <clears throat> On Monday, McDaniels addressed the trade rumors around Jacobs with a definitive statement to reporters. He says, quote, J.J. is a guy we know what he's done. We have a lot, lot of confidence in J.J. He did well with his opportunities. We have no desire to do a trade at all. I mean, how, how deep is their, their running back room right now? So, um, they have... I mean, I, they have I, Zemir, I know Jacobs right? was injured, too. They have Zamir Wright, who's a rookie. He was drafted in the fourth round this year. Okay. Um, they have King and Drake and Brandon Bolden and a rookie seventh rounder in Bretagne Brown. Okay. So... Two of those, what's your name, four, five? Yes. <clears throat> All right, two of those, Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs, are often injured. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're, you're probably, Brandon Bolden, he came from New England. So yep. McDaniels knows what he gets from him. Now, now, of course, the other two are rookies. You gotta, you gotta play them to see what you got. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, would you trade Josh Jacobs? I mean, <laughs> they went out and got Devontae Adams. You got Darren Waller. You got um, uh, who's the other the the other receiver? Uh, okay, let me just make this argument. <clears throat> let me make this this argument. All right. <laughs> so without if they if the Raiders were to trade Josh Jacobs, this is the running back room. You have a shaky running back room that features a rookie, a veteran who's looking to rebound from an injury riddled turn with just two hundred and fifty four yards and two touchdowns on the ground, talking about King and Drake. You have another veteran, Brandon Bowden, who's not accustomed to carrying a heavy workload. So you play a running back by committee. Now, the reason why people are saying that he he could get traded is because, um, you know, the the Raiders have a new general manager. They have a new head coach. This regime, this regime did not, you know, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels did not draft Josh Jacobs. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Mayock and John Gruden did. This new regime, because Josh Jacobs is now going into his fourth season, they did not pick up his fifth-year option. I would definitely think about it. I mean, me personally, yeah, I, I, I think he needs a fresh start. Um... Now, with who, I, I don't, I couldn't even begin to even, I mean, any team would probably take Josh Jacobs, any team. Does he want to, I mean, does he want to be paid like a starter? Or does he just want to get paid and just play football or what? Well, his his option was worth $8 million. 
And okay. we know that the running back position in the NFL is, is highly devalued now. Right. And this is one of the reasons why they declined that, because it's like, well, we have four other running backs. Even though we know that one is always injured, one is not used to having a heavy workload, and you have two rookies. But <clears throat> to carry $8 million next season when they can use that in other areas does make a plausible argument of, of trading Josh Jacobs and getting some value for him right, before right. he walks and they lose him for nothing. But right. maybe a contestatory pick. Right. Or, you know, he just walks and, you know, signs with Kansas City or the Chargers or somebody as a backup. Or, or you know, and, and, goes and, the well, 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 what I'm saying is, like, the uh, interdivisional teams that'll mm-hmm. come back that he, where he can play them twice a year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of a team that could use a running back like him that was a starter, that was drafted as a starter. You know, he hasn't lived up to the hype, but I know he's a had team. a couple, a couple flashes. A I know a team. Washington Commanders, because I knew uh, Antonio, Antonio Gibson, if he can't stop fumbling the fucking ball, he had two, three, he was on the field for one series. No, well, two series. He fumbled both times. Oh, yeah, that's not good heading into the season. Not good at all. Well, yeah, he fumbled. He fumbled two times. He lost one fumble and got the other one back. Dude, this your first pre- the first preseason game, dude. Well, I don't know. So basically, what, what like you know, when you ask, do they? Do I think they should trade him now? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. Um, I am on the train that he's probably going to get traded, but it's going to be close to the trade deadline when a team like runs into a Baltimore Ravens type situation, like from last year, and right, they yeah. lose to the top two or three, top two or three running backs, the ACL injuries or whatever, or or pec injury or something like that, and they're desperate. How weird would it be to have? him and Zeke battle it out in Dallas. I, I don't I, think it'd be weird. I don't think it'd be it weird be at weird. all. It, and it won't even, and, and really, Josh Jacobs wouldn't, wouldn't even be battling with Zeke Elliott because Zeke, because Zeke is going to get hurt. Or yeah, he's going to be so inconsistent that that Mike McCarthy's going to bench him. I think the, that real comp- that composition is between him and Tony Pollard. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing, though. Like, if the only team I see him, pers- you know, personally going to is Dallas. Now, I like Tony Pollard. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely agree with you saying about Zeke. When it comes to Josh Jacob, I know he has options. The issue is all his options have either speedy receivers or they already have a sturdy running back. He can't go to Jacksonville. Can't go to Miami. Can't go to Pittsburgh. Can't come to Washington. Can't go to the Jets. All, all those teams who have the cap that I think that I would like, you know what, I would really like to see him there, he can't go to. And the only place I can see overpaying him and starting him is San Francisco. 
But that's the only team I could say, you know what? They'll go out of their way to go. They've already paid their receiver. They paid their tight mm-hmm. end. They know for a fact they're going to they're gonna get uh, Garoppolo off the books. Why not get you a, a true RB1 so you don't have to have seven running backs? And that's that's a, the, the, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's exactly what you just said. A clear number one, because they don't have a clear number one right now. <laughs> Not at and all. They haven't for a couple of years. <laughs> nope. I think the last one was so, wasn't it Gordon? Uh, oh was, was it Gordon? Uh, that, that, I, I, Gordon. I mean, was, they had Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I mean. Bl- I mean, you said it last year too. They had like seven, eight running backs, and you just yeah. never knew who was going to start week to week. I, mm-hmm. So I think he's yeah. a good fit. And he's it a makes good sense. Fit. And he's a good fit, and he's going to make sure that they do not like run. Uh, what's his name into the ground? Um, who's our receiver they were using as a running back? Yeah, Debo. 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 Yeah. 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 I, I would. Honestly, I would take that trade straight up. I would honestly be like, you know what? Yeah, we'll give you Jimmy Garoppolo and like a third-round pick for Josh Jacobs. Straight up. They're already trying to get him off the books anyway, get that contract off. And you already know that you know Vegas is willing to just let but people you know go what? after the you know, trade. I don't think <clears throat> I don't think San Francisco trades him. I think they cut him. They, San Francisco, whether they trade, or whether they trade Jimmy G or cut him, if they cut him, the 49ers will say $24 million. But that's what I'm saying. That's why no one's trying to, that's why no one's trying to trade for, for, for Garoppolo. They know he's going to get cut. He's, his tenure is two more weeks. I get that. My issue is, like, yeah, you like, all right, I can wait, but then you have to play the game of, Oh, I gotta outbid another team instead of saying, you know what? We're just going lowball, get him, and then we also are letting off a contract that we know for a fact is going to max out in a year when it comes to Josh Jacobs. It's like okay, like the, the trade off is there, and then you have like kind of like built in protection in case something happens to Derek Carr, which always happens to Derek Carr. It's always something. <laughs> it's an ankle, a finger, a knee, a hand, and it's like bro, like. It's it's that because honestly, right now the only other team that I can see, like Jimmy, I thought about, and I was like, you know what? What what team actually says, you know what? We'll pay in the event. The only team I thought of out of the entire fucking NFL is the Broncos, and the only reason I thought the Broncos is because I keep thinking about uh, Russell Wilson's finger. That is it. If that shit starts lingering or he gets that shit re-injured, he's out for the year. And they need a capable quarterback who honestly can get them possibly four more wins to get them into a wild card seat. Because I feel like Russell Wilson, he, he's not as, you know, 100% as people are thinking. Nobody's been talking about him during his preseason. Nobody's talked about him during the offseason. Nobody's been talking about the injury from last year. If Jimmy does decide, you know, or he gets cut or something like that, he's going to sign with Denver or possibly go to Chicago. And that's only because they have the money for him. But I would personally just, I want to see him in Vegas. I want to see him in a Raiders uniform. That way I know for a fact that if they ever have to go against the Niners this year or next year, boy, I, w- I would love to see that. I would fucking love it. Okay. All right. You both brought up some really, really good important arguments for and against. Um, 
for Anagus. Um, so moving, moving right along. And this is going to, you know, we have a couple more NFL stories. But we are doing good on time, so we're good. My next story that I want us to discuss is, <clears throat> um, we know there was a lot of trades this, this NFL offseason. And there is the possibility of some more coming. Uh, stars that are disgruntled, they want to get paid more, they want to get paid, or they don't like the current situation. So, we're going to play a game of who gets traded, who, who requests a trade next. We're going to start in Cincinnati with Jesse Bates, the safety uh, for the Bengals. <clears throat> the Bengals failed to reach a long-term extension with, Jay, with safety Jesse Bates III before the mid-July deadline for franchise tag players. It's now unclear when or if the Bengals will get him back on the field. Justina Anderson of CBS Sports reported that Bates had, quote, no intentions of reporting at the training camp, nor playing on the franchise tag. Since he still has yet to sign his $12.9 million franchise tag, he can't be fined for his ongoing training camp holdout. According to Mike Garofalo of NFL Network, quote, if the Bengals remain confident Bates will be ready to play whenever he shows, I mean, the Bengals remain confident that Bates will be ready to play whenever he shows, and there are no in- indications as of now the team is willing to entertain, entertain trading Bates. The safety also des- stated his desire to remain with the Bengals in February, but there is no end in sight to his current standoff. Bates' options are limited at this juncture. He must either sign his tag and play under this season, continue holding out until the regular season, or request a trade. If Bates chooses the last option, there should be no shortage of suitors interested in him. The 25-year-old has racked up over 400 tackles, defensed 35 passes, and snared 10 interceptions since entering the league as a second-round pick in 2018. So, does Jesse Bates request a trade? Yeah. I think so. I'm, I'm going to go with the opposite. Everything in that article read like he knows he can't go anywhere else right now. He's staying. <laughs> he's not requesting a trade. He, he knows better. Okay. All right. The second player on this list. We all know him. He's a tyrannical running back who masquerades as a quarterback. Lamar Jackson, quarterback slash RB1 of the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are playing with fire as they still have yet to sign quarterback, sorry, running back, I mean quarterback Lamar Jackson to a long-term contract extension. While talks are ongoing between the two sides, they may not, they might not reach an agreement anytime soon. Newsflash on that, Lamar has already, has, has made it known, he made it known this weekend that if there is no extension before Week one, he is not going to negotiate during the season. Jackson is potentially in line to set records with his next deal. After Aaron Rodgers inked a three-year, $150.8 million extension, Deshaun Watson received a fully guaranteed five-year, $230 million deal, and Kyler Murray signed a five-year, $230.5 million contract this offseason. Jackson might be in line to earn more than $50 million annually. Rodgers is the only quarterback with an average annual salary north of $50 million. But Murray at $46.1 million, Watson at $46 million, and Patrick Mahomes at $45 million aren't far behind. 
The 25-year-old Jackson has already won an MVP award, which Murray and Watson have not. <clears throat> the two-time pro bowler has gone 37-12 and 12 as a starter and reached the playoffs in three of his four seasons as a starter. He's racked up nearly 10,000 passing yards and 84 touchdowns against 31 interceptions, while also adding 3,673 yards and 21 scores on the ground. Jackson currently isn't holding out, but he could become disgruntled with the Ravens during the, negoti- during the negotiation pro- process. They should aim to avoid that by coming to terms with him on a new contract as soon as possible. So, says RD1, Lamar Jackson gets so fed up with his contract situation that he requests a trade from the Ravens. He's gone. He's gone. Baltimore's going to blow it. They have wow. a history of doing it. Wow. He is the fuck up out of it. He's, he's out of there. And the fucked up part about it is he'll go sign somewhere like Washington and get paid. It, it's going to happen. Baltimore just... I can't think of a name of any player that's ever played with the Ravens who either held out or even just was patiently waiting and said, you know what? I got paid in Baltimore. Not one. If you can name one, I'll be Joe Flacco did it. Joe Flacco did it. Are you, like I said, if you can name one, <laughs> like Joe Flacco got played, uh, he got paid honestly because he won Ray Lewis a ring. And even then he didn't win them a ring. He went through what I continue to tell everybody, and I know people think it's a conspiracy theory. When a player that's already set to make the Hall of Fame just says, you know what, this is going to be my final year, they give them a fucking ring. I I, I was right about Brady. I was right about fucking um, Ray Lewis. I'm I'm sorry, uh, Ray Wright. It was Ray Lewis, right? Sorry, Ray uh, Ray Lewis. I said the same thing about uh, Peyton Manning. Um. Even fucking Aaron Donald. We said that shit. I was like, oh, he's going to threaten to, you know, retire. And what happened? All those articles. Oh, he's threatening to retire, blah, blah, blah. He gets the ring. And where is he at? He's not in L.A. as the richest defensive player. Not a quarterback ever. Yeah. So my my thing is, it's no disrespect when it comes to Lamar Jackson. I like the player. I really like him. My issue is, like, him being this quiet, he already knows. His agent's like, Trust me, if, if these dummies don't pay you, he is his, you can, no, you can, newsflash, he mm-hmm. is his own agent. Even I better. Gonna, I was, I was going to say that. He is, He's representing his mother himself. is his business, his mother is his business manager. Um, but he is, he's his own agent. So he, he's playing it smart. Everything he's doing is strategic and I love it. I, I think go get the bag, sir. Cause here's the thing. If a small market like Baltimore ain't going to pay you, somebody else will. And you know what would make it so much more beautiful? Is if Pittsburgh says, you know what? Come to us, we'll pay you. Sure. We, we got the cap. I, I no, would love to see Baltimore. Tw- you, you say that, I don't Luke, think they have the money. I don't think they have the money for Lamar Jackson, though. They, they will make the money. They will fucking give. <laughs> you can imagine him and Chase Claypool. Something would happen. Something would shake. And the reason why is. They do not want Cincinnati running that division. They will do whatever the fuck it takes. And if Lamar Jackson's up on the board, they will throw the bag. They'll be like, you know what? Baltimore can have, uh, well, Juju's out. Who's the other dude who just couldn't? Uh, Martavius Brown Deont- and shit. Yeah. Yeah. De- Deontay Johnson. Right. Deontay Johnson, go. 
Like he, he can go. We can figure it out. We Deontay just got the bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Deontay just thing. got paid too. He can go. I don't. His thing. We've seen players get the bag and also get traded for poor production. So with Lamar, well, I can't understand. Here's here's my question. It's all right. And, and number one, and, and you you know this. You know you both know this more than you know a lot of people, and you know myself. But they're not going to trade inside a division. They don't want to. Okay. So if they do trade. Lamar Jackson to Pittsburgh. Who are they going to get for him? Who, who are they going to have, have back for? Kenny Pickett? You think they'd just go after the quarterback that we just drafted? Because they're going to need one. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> I don't see this trade. I don't see a trade for Pittsburgh ever happening because well, that's like, that's like, Let's bring back the argument that we had two weeks in, in, in a different sport, baseball, about the Mets trading for Juan Soto. It was never going to happen because <clears throat> Mike Rizzo couldn't bear seeing having to see Juan Soto 16 times a season at Nationals. You know, at least not right. 10, 10, 10 times a season at Nationals Park. At least trade him to San Diego. San Diego comes west, comes to D.C. one time a year. Having the, the, the Ravens having to play Lamar Jackson in a theoretical trade to the Steelers twice a season and maybe three times if they play mm-hmm. each other in the playoffs? No. No, no, no. Absolutely not. That's like, that's like Pittsburgh trading with Cleveland. No, never happening. Never, 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 never happened. All right, the next player on this list, <clears throat> German James, safety, uh, safety with the Los Angeles Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers safety German James wants a new contract extension, but he hasn't received one yet. He has thus begun a hold in. He's attending training camp. But only engaging in walkthroughs rather than full practices is a tactic to expedite a new deal. <clears throat> James has established himself as one of the top players at his position. The 26-year-old has amassed 257 tackles, 19 pass defenses, five and a half sacks, five interceptions, and three forced fumbles in 36 games since entering the league as a first-round pick in 2018. While James has been injury-prone at times, he played only five games in 2019 and missed the entire 2020 campaign. He returned to play 15 games last year. He earned a second Pro Bowl nine and a solid 78.1 grade on pro football focus. During a recent appearance on the Pat McAfee show, Chargers general manager Tom Telesco said he plans to get a deal done for James, but he admitted that it has taken longer than he had hoped. If the ascension talks continue to drag out, the Bolts risk further alienating their star defender. With James heading into the final year of his rookie contract, he might wind up requesting a trade if he can't come to terms with the Chargers. Says Durbin James requests a trade out of out of the other team from LA. Let's see. That's a that's a tricky one. I'm going to say no. Uh, I think he likes it there. He wants to play there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think San Diego trading him. Or I don't think he will ask for a trade out of there. Okay. Yeah, he's staying. Okay, we can keep, keep right on moving. Keep right on moving. <clears throat> Our next player is from the Chicago Bears, edge rusher Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn reemerged as one of the NFL's top edge rushers last season. After notching an impressive 18 and a half sacks, he is ready to contribute to a winning team in 2022. Unfortunately for Quinn, the Chicago Bears are far away from contending. They traded away fellow star pass rusher Khalil Mack early in the offseason to the Los Angeles Chargers. While the offense prepares for year two of the Justin Fields era after losing its two best incumbent starting offensive linemen. DraftKings Sportsbook has the Bears' regular season win total set at six and a half, which suggests that Quinn's talents will be wasted if he stays in the Windy City this season. In May, CBS Sports' Jason Lockham Four relayed rumblings that the three-time Pro Bowler was out of Chicago, although Ian Rappaport of NFL Network said in April that the Bears were not shopping him. Although he skipped the mandatory minicamp, Quinn publicly stated in late July that he wants to remain with the Bears. That could change during the season if Chicago's defense takes a major step back without Mack and the team rapidly falls out of contention. With three seasons left on his five-year, $70 million contract, Quinn would likely draw plenty of interest from contenders looking to spruce up their pass rush. As Robert Quinn requests a trade out of Chicago. He better. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they're not gonna they're not building the team around him. They're building it around Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, I I, I think he should, I think he will. Okay. He might say he doesn't want to, but I think he will. Okay. I hope he does. I do too. Chicago is a freaking wasteland right now. And it's going to be for the last three to four years. All right, our last player on this list. Go down to Big D, Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys. They're tight end Dallas Schultz. I mean, Dalton Schultz. So Dallas Cowboys could soon lose tight end Dalton Schultz after they failed to reach an agreement with him on a long-term extension this offseason. He is now set to play on the franchise tag this season after talks on a multi-year deal broke down over the summer. The Cowboys are developing several promising tight ends behind Schultz, including 2020 undrafted free agent Sean McKeon and rookie fourth-round pick Jake Ferguson. Still, it could be difficult for them to replace Schultz, who was tied for the second-most targets on the team last year while hauling in 78 receptions for 808 yards and eight touchdowns. At the start of training camp, team executive Stephen Jones told reporters that Schultz, quote, represents everything we want in a Dallas Cowboys, unquote, and said that he believes the two sides will eventually reach a long-term deal. It won't happen this season, though, as the mid-July deadline to extend franchise tag players has come and gone. If the Cowboys doesn't show interest in meeting Schultz's extension demands or signal they plan to franchise tag him again in 2023, he could force his way out by requesting a trade. Does Dalton Schultz request a trade out of Dallas? Yep. <clears throat> he better. <laughs> I said that before about the other guy. He better. 
They're not going to pay. Jerry's not going to pay him. Okay. He's got too much money wrapped up in Dak and uh, Zeke. So. Zeke is cut after the season. So it's not really going to matter about Zeke. Greg, what do you think? Oh, he's out of there. Like, out of there, out of there. And the reason why is if they don't get to the NFC Championship this year, it, it's cleanup time. It's it's going to be like Genie Bus with the Lakers. They're the fuck out of there. So, yeah. Okay. All right. That was fun. So, now we have... <clears throat> Ooh, this is something I want to talk about. So, so some ideas were thrown out about how to make about some possible theoretical changes to the NFL schedule. And I'm just going to throw some of them out there for you guys. And let's discuss. Following the Hall of Fame game last week, the 2022 NFL preseason officially kicked off on Thursday night with a doubleheader of exhibition action and more games uh, were played Friday, Saturday, and and one on Sunday. A four-day football week is something fans don't typically get to enjoy during the regular season, but that could soon change. According to John Oran of Sports Business Journal, the NFL plans for a game on Black Friday, most likely starting in 2023. Peter King of of Folk Football Talk reported in April that a Black Friday game would likely happen next year and noted that owners gave the NFL permission to schedule two more teams for a second short-week game. It's highly unlikely a Black Friday game will be a one-off, as last year's expansion to to an 18-week schedule proved the league wants its product in front of viewers more, not less. However, regular Friday games are unlikely. As King noted, quote, the NFL is forbidden from doing a night game on a Friday or Saturday before the second Saturday in December to protect the audiences of high school playoff games and college football games till mid-December. Here are some of the ideas. The first one is Tuesday night games. While the league can't play Friday or Saturday night games until late December, no no such restrictions apply to Tuesday nights. While the logistics of another short week game each week would would mean more effort on the part of the schedule makers, Tuesday games could work. We've seen it over the past two years. We've seen multiple games pushed to Tuesday night because of COVID-19. While recent Tuesday night games were created out of necessity, regularly scheduled games could be great for both the league and for fans. Uh, Adding an extra game window would have a two-prong effect. For the NFL, it would deliver an extra television audience and opportunities for more advertising revenue. Of course, it's all about money. For fans, a Tuesday night football slate would mean another nationally televised game and more opportunities to catch their favorite teams. More windows could also mean fewer games broadcast simultaneously, which could be big for out-of-market fans. In week two of the 2022 season, for example, seven games will be played in the early afternoon Sunday window, with five being played in the late afternoon. That translates to a lot of games fans can't watch live. So, Tuesday night football. What do you think? No. No. Enough's enough. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. 
And I think Greg talked about this a few months ago, uh, a month or so ago too. That uh, you know, we all know the NFL is all about money. All right, and if they can get Tuesday night games, of of course we're going to watch. But now, where are you going to watch it at? You're going to have to buy like a, a new service to download or whatever, and then watch exactly. it on that. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. Well, yeah, the NFL. Just, I mean, launch NFL Plus. Right, that's what I'm saying. It, I mean, it's getting ridiculous. <clears throat> All right, next idea. Regular Monday night doubleheaders. So in this <clears throat> this article, um, pointed in, in the last one, and to, they made a point to examine week two when discussing the crowded Sunday after the window. Because week two will feature an extra window. The Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, Minnesota Vikings, and Philadelphia Eagles will all be in action as part of a Monday night football doubleheader. The first game will kick off at 7.15 Eastern Time, with the second commencing at 8.30 Eastern Time. Naturally, fans won't be able to watch both live, won't be able to watch both games live in their entirety, but flipping between two games is a lot easier than trying to sift through seven or eight. Hence, why Red Zone is so popular. Monday night doubleheaders are nothing new, and fans will see more of them. Albert Breer, Albert, Albert Breer of SI.com says, quote, they should also get used to it. It will be the only occurrence of this of it this year, but starting next year, we'll see it three times every year. As Breer pointed out, this year this year's week two slate isn't a true doubleheader. Excuse me. The second game will kick off around halftime of the first. That won't sit well with every fan, and it may be why the league is only willing to dip its toes in the proverbial waters with three such occurrences for now. However, the league has little reason to stop at three doubleheaders per year. This could become a weekly or bi-weekly occurrence, even once per month, while still putting more games in the spotlight each season. Frequent Monday night doubleheaders could also work in conjunction with Tuesday games to further spread out the slate and expand regional action on Sunday afternoons. Again, more short week games could be problematic, but adding a second bye week to the season could make things easier on the teams and players involved. So, more Monday night doubleheaders. Thoughts? Um, only if we get rid of Thursday night football. I feel like that shouldn't exist anymore. That's not happening. No, yeah, but that, that's not, 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 not that's that my that, Amazon. Nope. Not, but that that's my rule. Like the only <laughs> way I would see it, I can get used to not watching Thursday night football. And here's the thing: just rebrand Thursday night football to Monday night football, and you get Amazon's money. Still, they're already linked to the deal. They don't need Thursday. And the reason why they make more money, talking about Amazon having a Monday night football game where people are actually watching it. Also, during the basketball season, all the premier games happen on Thursday night. So you have to end up switching channels between Thursday night football TNT. and Thursday between night Amazon, and TNT. And Amazon and TNT. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So it makes and, and, sense. And then, well, 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 I <clears throat> take that back. Um, during, during the NFL season, TNT doesn't have its nationally televised broadcast. They, they switch to Tuesdays. During, during, Another during reason. Another reason. Another reason for two games on Monday, even though I, I don't like either idea, I could honestly just get rid of Thursday night football. The reason why I say that, 
Thursday night football is cool for like four weeks out of the entire football season. The reason why I say that is that first week, everybody's like, football's back. We're watching Thursday night football. Everybody's excited. The second week, everybody's like, oh, there's another Thursday night football game. And we realize like the game is garbage. And then we take off for a couple weeks because the other Sunday night games are better. Like Sunday night, and, uh, the four o'clock games and stuff like that. And then there's like that rivalry week for like, like, damn, this is going to be a really good Thursday night football game. And then the game ends up being like nine to 14. You're like, what the fuck was this? Like, I just watched Kansas City. But I will say this. I will say this. I will say this. I will say this. Will say this. The Thursday night football games this past season were some very, very entertaining games. They yeah. just have to take, they were entertaining, but I've always attributed Thursday night football games to be scrimmages. I always thought that that was like, I, I treat how can I put it? I treat it like preseason week five. It's like, you know what? Both teams, like the team that's going to win is usually the team that had the most rest. And if it's not, it's going to end up being like the kicker showcase. I don't give a fuck about Thursday night football, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. It's just, it's just an extra night of football I get to watch when I don't have anything else on TV. As a guy, I'm not watching Real Housewives and shit like that. I'm watching like football. So some nights, yes, Thursday night football is good. But I don't want to see the Indianapolis Colts versus the Detroit Lions. I don't want to watch that shit. So if I'm not at a bar watching it, when it's on Thursday Night Football, it's on my TV. But either I'm podcasting or I'm doing something. Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly just like background noise. And I feel like after like week six, Thursday Night Football just becomes just what the fuck it really is. Background noise for people. Let's go through the Thursday Night Football schedule. Okay, now, before you, before, before you do that, I'm just going to say, after week six is when it gets sketchy. And I'm going to just leave that there. And I haven't even heard the schedule yet. So go ahead, Q. Okay, the schedule. So Thursday night this season, we have the first game of the season. That is the, the Rams and the Bulls and the Bills. Week two is the Chargers and Chiefs. That's going to be a good one. Week three, Steelers at Browns. Week four, Dolphins at Bengals. Week five, Colts at Broncos. Week six, Commanders at Bears. Okay, I see you guys. Point number one. See? Uh-huh. Uh, week seven. <laughs> week seven, Saints at Cardinals. Week eight, like Raven, Ravens at Buccaneers. Like I said. Oh, week nine, Eagles, Eagles at Texans. Again. Oh, God. Week ten, <laughs> Falcons at Panthers. No one's watching that game. Again. Oh, <laughs> Week 11, Titans at Packers. Again. Week 12, Again. Week twelve, which is uh, Thanksgiving, Patriots at Vikings. Again. Week 13, Bills at Patriots. Again. Week 14, Raiders at, at the Rams. Week 15, 49ers Seahawks. Week 16, Jaguars, Jets. No one's definitely watching that game. Three days before. <laughs> what I say? And week 17, <laughs> and week 17, Cowboys at Tennessee. So out of 17 okay. weeks, there are seven <clears throat> weeks. And you, know the last, and you know the last four games can, can be flexed. Last four weeks can be flexed. I mean, the last three weeks can be flexed. So like I said, you notice when Q got to week what? six, Everybody sighed. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> but but here, here's the other thing. Isn't there an agreement with the NFL and, and like, all the teams that, like, every team gets to play 
every like team a Thursday has a, night game. Yes, every team or has a Thursday night game. Sunday night or something. Okay. Now, no, how every is that possible if I heard game? But the thing is, I heard the Patriots twice. I know I did. I, I, heard the I did too. Twice. I did too. I heard the. I want to say I heard the Steelers twice. I heard the Patriots twice. No, I heard the, the Steelers, Steelers twice. Once. I heard Q, Steelers like, Patriots have three. Patriots, yes, Patriots have. Uh, they have back to back nights on, on Thursday night football. One because they're playing on th- they're playing on Thanksgiving, and then I think that is as special because it's Thanksgiving, and then I think their regular week is week thirteen. <clears throat> so, how are all thirty two teams? Actually playing if all thirty seventeen. All thirty two are. Well, the Rams have the Rams have. Two. I'm trying to think of a team. I'm trying the to Rams think of a team two. that I didn't hear, but the Rams have two games on Thursday night as well. They have the first game of the season, and then they have um, week fourteen. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I'm not even looking at it, but I'm. I'm just thinking of all the games that you said and. I, I think you're right. Every team, I mean, you're going to have one or two, maybe like you said, three teams that are going to play twice. But uh, yeah, I think every team plays. So that's sad. It that, is. That's actually is, pretty but, sad. And it's the teams nobody wants to see playing teams we don't want to see. Like, that's why it's Thursday night football and not Sunday yeah, night football. Exactly. I, I just don't understand it. Like the Lions have a Thanksgiving game, like, and nobody ever cares. I'm, never mind. Let me just shut up because this is stupid. <laughs> this is dumb. All right. <laughs> moving, moving on. Moving on. The next <sighs> idea. A 19-week season, but now oh with no eyes. No, no, no. No way. No way possible. That'd it, be impossible. But did you say with no no bye weeks? No, with more buys. There will be more I bye mean, weeks. So every, every team will get, we'll get, we'll get two. Why not have an eighteen game? Well, they have. Why not have an eighteen game season with two bye weeks? It doesn't need to be nineteen. How about less preseason games? Two preseason games. Well, I, I think they would. I, I, mean, I, 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 I think I with a nineteen, if they move to a nineteen week season, I think there will be just two preseason games. That was the trade off of getting an eighteen week season. They cut one of the preseason games out. So can I ask this question? Sure. Knowing that you put Thursday night football behind a paywall, are you doing that intentionally because you know for a fact or you knew for a fact that you want to have a longer season so you can have two Monday night football games? Like the the thing to me that I feel like that makes the NFL the NFL is the fact that it's accessible. It's available on multiple channels. So you go and take the one day of the week where you would want the most views and you put it behind a paywall. Talking about Amazon Prime for Thursday night football. And then then also, don't forget, the NFL launch NFL Plus, which is basically, in a sense, the new Sunday ticket. Yeah. So I I just... mm -mm. All I'm going to say is when people start complaining that they don't have Amazon Prime to watch Thursday Night Football and those fucking ratings just drop and people are like, you know what? We just stopped watching Thursday Night Football. We'll see more articles about next year. NFL is definitely going to do two Monday Night Football games to counteract 
the fact that they're losing ratings on Thursday instead of doing what they're supposed to do, which is eliminate Thursday night football. Nobody needs it. The smart decision would be to have two Monday night football games the same way they have that weird ass uh, the Nick Jr. slime game and the regular cast <laughs> game, right? Just have two. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah, have, yeah. What is two Monday? Anyway? Yeah, exactly. But well, here's the thing: if you just have two Monday night football games, you would have the prime game where people would watch that game, and then you would have the actual Monday night game that people could watch also. But you just schedule them at different times, the same way you do on Thanksgiving. Have one fucking game at like six thirty, and then have another one at eight thirty. That way they overlap each other and you can still get double the ratings instead of saying, you know what? You can watch this game at eight o'clock or you can watch this one at eight thirty. Cause that's what the NFL would do. Thinking that, Hey, people want to go and sign up for Amazon prime newsflash. Well, no, they'll they, I mean, they, do it at seven thirty. Like they'll do it at seven. Cause like the, mm-hmm. the, the first Monday night game is always, a, you know, the first Monday night of the season is always a double header. You know, they always have two games. They're not a double header. They'll start the first game, at seven, they'll start mm-hmm. the second game at like eight thirty, eight forty-five. Mm-hmm. But here's the issue, Q. Not not what you're saying. Here's the issue. If I'm watching cable TV or my streaming service or something like that, you know the last thing I'm going to do: close out my streaming service to open up another streaming service to watch one fucking thing. That's why cable <laughs> still exists. That's why shit like YouTube TV exists and Sling exists. Because you can go and change channels to your liking and watch whatever the fuck you want to watch during a commercial break. Now you're telling me if I'm watching on Fios, like I have, four years, I'm watching you gotta, Fios. And you got to switch to yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah. The Prime Which Video. To, yeah. It, it's too much. There's too much muscle memory there. And truthfully, after the first three weeks, people are going to complain out the ass. Nobody wants to watch that shit. Because, like, yo, I got to open up the Prime app. That the only time I watch that shit is when what was that Tom Clancy uh, show that came on? That's the last time I opened Prime. Oh uh, God, I can't even. Uh, Jack Ryan. That, that was the last time I watched it. I couldn't tell you what's on Amazon Prime right now. The only thing I do know is they deliver in two days. That's it. So Not even <laughs> two days. They they deliver the same day on certain exactly. certain items. No, Amazon, <laughs> Amazon is better <laughs> delivery than USPS, but. To land my plane, I'll just say... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Greg. I'm, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nah, I'll just say, um, I just don't want to be at somebody's house and they're like, hey, we can watch for Thursday Night Football, but can I use your Amazon Prime login? Because I'm going home. I- I'm going home. That, that's all I was going to say. I hear you. Okay, go ahead. All um, right, go ahead. All right, now, what, what, the only thing I wanted to say real quick was if they do this doubleheader on Mondays, all right, you know, the first game would start at 7. Wouldn't the second game, like, literally always have to be a West Coast team home game? Absolutely. Yes. It would, uh, you because mean, you put San it, Fran, you Seattle, put it, Arizona, Vegas, uh, Chargers, Rams. On, uh, yeah, so. you, cause, because, like, if it's an East Coast team, like, it will always be an East Coast team at 7, a West Coast team right. at the 8.30 window. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, not necessarily, not necessarily, because you can get uh, um, you can get two East Coast like two teams that are on the East that are hosting on the East Coast. Right, but they would overlap, is what I'm saying. <laughs> They're gonna overlap. If you would have a West, regardless. But what I'm saying is, if you have one, if you have a West Coast team that their game starts at you know seven o'clock, seven thirty, 
you know, Western time. They would start at 10 o'clock, 10.30 hour time. The games wouldn't overlap on TV. And if you have why, an East Coast team and then the, the West Coast team. This is why the XFL needs to just have Thursday night football. It's really that's for me. As somebody who I feel like the XFL can't drop the ball this time, I would I would rather just watch XFL and just let my NFL be my NFL for the two days that it is on Sunday and Monday and have another league have that day. Like, oh, the XFL has it. Arena football has Thursday. Cool. Because but, but, you know that, but you know that the XFL, the XFL is a spring league, so that would never happen. Like, yeah, that would never happen. But, that's, what, but that, that's the thing. Make longer leagues. NFL's been talking for the past four years about making it year-round, right? And they're doing that tr- to try to usurp like the XFL and the AFL and shit like that. They are purposely talking about, you just said, they're trying to make a 19-week season, which would extend right. it to what? The spring. So why not just say, you know what, fine. If they want to do that, the XFL's like, well, fuck it. We going, when the NFL season starts, we start two weeks later. When, you know, when Vince was running them, he only wanted it to be three months. Who knows who is running it next and says, you know what, what is it, The Rock? Yeah, make it the same time as the NFL. Or even better, just let the NFL do it like the NBA does. Yeah, they can have, you know, August to January, but we're going to have November to June. I, I can live with that. The NFL has its little six months in the sun. You might have, you know, just one game a week when it comes to the XFL, but I'll live with one game a week for fucking, you know, 30 weeks. <laughs> I can live with that. Mm-hmm. I can absolutely live with it versus having, <clears throat> you know, 16 games I can barely fucking watch to begin with that I have to have red zone. And even then I'm missing half the stuff I actually want to see. So, so I'm glad you brought that up because it comes to my next, it comes to the next point. The next um, idea. A super Sunday slate. The NFL can conceivably expand its Sunday slate as well. In fact, it has regularly done so in recent years. <clears throat> think about what you think about think what you will about the quality of the NFL's international series. But games played on European soil have allowed the league to host Sundays with four game windows. This year's International Series kicks off in week four with the Vikings and Saints playing on Sunday morning. Games will be played at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 4.05 and 4.35 p.m. Eastern Time, and the Sunday night game at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. While 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time may be too early for many fans, that's 6.30 a.m. on the West Coast, the league could make a, could, could make a morning slate work. Fans typically experience a break in the action between the late afternoon games and Sunday night football. The league could capitalize on that cushion. Hypothetically, the NFL could have four Sunday windows spaced about three hours apart starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time without cutting too heavily into NBC's Sunday night football pre-show. Yes, this would still be less than ideal for West Coast fans, but with five games on, on the 2022 international slate, four on Sunday morning, it is, it's something they should be accustomed to at this point. Having one or two games every Sunday morning instead of hours of pregame programming would lead to bigger advertising dollars and a broader reach for each contest. Thoughts on, thoughts on that? I'm, I'm going to say mean, this because this... Go ahead. That, go ahead, go ahead. That, that, sh- that right there, you hit the nail on the head. 
end the fucking three hours of y'all repeating the same shit, the beat writers and, you know, ESPN sports. I don't want to hear y'all talk. I want to watch football. That, that's what I woke up Sunday for. Like, you know, I don't need them for 45 minutes talking about DraftKings and FanDuel. Start the games at 1030. Start the games on, at 1030. I can live with that shit. Because here's the thing. By 4 o'clock, if I'm not drunk and sleep, I'm probably like, you know what? I'm not watching these 4 o'clock games because I'm going to go do whatever I'm going to do. And then I watch Sunday Night Football. If they start at 1030, I can guarantee you they would get more views on Sunday. And the reason why I know somebody's been like, oh, well, what about the West Coast game? That means they would start at like 730, 8 o'clock. I don't give a shit. I honestly don't. <laughs> um, and, the, and the reason why I say that, and it's no disrespect, but it's like, oh, like <clears throat> uh, 8 o'clock, you know, California game. Like most people are tailgating at that fucking time anyway. You're right. Rega- regardless of coast. Like I've seen, you know, the one o'clock games, they're pulling up to, you know, set up camp at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I just start the games at 8 a.m. Makes sense to me that that little, you know, that one o'clock slate is always weird to me. I'm like, why not just start at noon? Why not start at 11? And the, I guess the answer for them is one o'clock is when people are like, out of church, like, they're out of church, they're out of church, and mm-hmm. those who go to church, out, you know, church services usually in. You know, they start at 1030, 1045, and they're done by one o'clock. Q, I, I don't mean to cut you off. And I'm, this no, is not directed at you. But um, the NFL doesn't give a shit about religion because they literally play football on religious days or days that are considered like holidays. They don't give a shit about, oh, yeah, well, you know, these people are getting out of church. Like, if they could, they would literally have TVs at church so people could watch. And they would sponsor it. They would literally do that. So... I, I just I, I I got your point. I just I can't see the NFL having a meeting and saying, you know what, we can't show this game because you know what, it's Christmas. When there's three Christmas games this year, hello, <laughs> three, hello, three, That's and they're so competing cool. with the NBA because you know the NBA usually has Christmas. The NFL always that. has Thanksgiving. The NBA always has Christmas, but mm-hmm. this year Christmas is on a Sunday, so there's three games. So they're like they'll play majority of the games on Saturday. There's three Christmas game, Christmas Day games this year. I can't, I can't wait. That, that's going to be the most entertaining day all year. All year. All right. Wait. So the next idea, Lord knows the damn helicopter. Thanks a lot for messing up the audio. Um, <clears throat> the fifth idea is expanding the international series into non-NFL cities. Ooh. The NFL is already open to the idea of playing games at neutral sites. The league could further expand on this concept by hosting games in non-NFL American cities. By holding neutral site games in cities like Oklahoma City, Austin, Portland, and St. Louis, cities that could eventually be ripe for expansion, the league could create a 16-game slate that helps balance out the current 17-game format. The challenge would be convincing owners to give up an additional home game every other year, though revenue sharing will help in that regard. Instead of half the league getting nine home games and the other half getting eight each season, the teams could play an an eight-and-eight schedule with one neutral site game every season, either in the U.S. or abroad. This wouldn't add another television window. However, it would create a novelty that draws eyeballs to specific matchups and scenes. 
It will also help the NFL expand its overall audience, which, it, which was the stated goal when expanding to 17 games in the first place. Roger Goodell said, quote, one of the benefits of each team playing 17 regular season games is the ability for us to, to, to continue to grow our game around the world, unquote. The league is always seeking ways to grow its fan base. Playing games in England, Germany, and Mexico will help do that. Playing games in cities that don't reside in an NFL market could do the same. Thoughts? He wants to. He wants to have games where they don't have to pay the cities or the towns to actually host these games. That's what. Like Oklahoma said, get the fuck out of here. Like what? What? <laughs> to, like, to play in to play in the stadium of the University of Oklahoma that during college football season already gets 90, 90 to ninety five thousand fans. Yes, but that's college football. Nobody who lives in a college town like that that watches college football is going to say, you know what? The Detroit Lions and the Miami Dolphins are playing this weekend. They want their own team. It's not that hard. Like, I, do what he said. What you want to do the first time? Expand the league. If you expand the league, you expand the games. If you expand the games, guess what? Longer seasons. Longer seasons means more revenue. I don't understand why adding, you know, hey, we'll just <laughs> we'll go to your town on like some like temporary visa to visit your town and shit. Like, no. That's some Vince McMahon type of thinking. Yeah, we're going to go to Mumbai or we're going to go to, you know, <laughs> you know, to some like we're going to go to Harlem and and have one football game. What? Like you want to go to Harlem? Really? <laughs> you want to go to like, it, just, it doesn't make sense, bro. Like they make one good idea. And instead of just catching it right where it is and saying, oh, yeah, well, you guys, you'll have eight and eight. But then. One game every year, you just go to some like obscure town that doesn't even have locker rooms and showers and shit, and you're just gonna play like what? Right, right. <laughs> like they, they can't. Even, more importantly, and I know it's all about like money. Complete, but and Lou, that's what I was about to get to. Where in the fuck is this money coming from? Because if I'm in Oklahoma City and I can only afford to go to like college games for now because of the industries and stuff like that, I'm not saying these people are poor at all. What I'm saying is the NFL NFL comes into your town for a week and you're going to charge $180 for a ticket that I know for a fact I just saw my college team play for 28 bucks. Are you fucking shitting me? Well, and here's the thing, though. I don't think they could do that. They can. Sorry, say they play in Oklahoma City. Would you have, like, the closest team to say, like, to Oklahoma? Like, would you have Dallas play there against somebody? You know, I mean, would it be like teams that they would want to see that maybe the people in Oklahoma root for? Denver, exactly. maybe? I don't know. Exactly. You would have to have um, a local team because you wouldn't want to have like... Play, if, anyway. Well, I'm just going to say, if you play on a college campus, I mean... Most college, college campuses students, can't have alcohol sales. Exactly. Well, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> good point. Good point. So it'd have to be off campus. But then, and that brings up the point, do you give college kids, like, you know, uh, you show your college ID for a discount or some shit. But I don't think the NFL would do that. And this is the problem that, honestly, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. This is what happens when you don't have enough stadiums in different towns and cities. When you actually want to do things like this, 
like have the ability to move into different states to do different sporting events, you can't. That's why when you have like concerts, you'll have, you know, concert like artists and stuff like that. They only are able to go to certain towns because if you go to like a DC, a Baltimore, Philly, a New York, a Vegas, something like that, they can facilitate the crowd, but they have to skip over like Iowa and, you know, like certain small cities because they can't hold that capacity. And I'm sure there are fans of like football in like Iowa, but the nearest town that they, they would have to drive two hours to watch football. Right, right. Nobody's which, doing which, that. Right. And I don't think, to, I mean, to your point, I don't think any of it makes sense to do that. Yeah. So my, you know, my resolution to it would be to, instead of hosting these like at stadiums and stuff like that, I would just, damn, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like the way to, I, I want to say like outdoor football or something like that. But do like bubble, like do like they did in the bubble. Just, you know, have like, I don't want to say a Titantron or something, but like have like closed games where there are no crowds. They know it works because people are going to watch it. You want to get the views. You might not get the concession and, you know, ticket sales and stuff like that. Those games that you swear that you want people to watch have closed games. It worked. When the bubble was happening with the NFL, those, those first four weeks, they had no fans. Guess what? More people actually watch from their home. I, I would do that. I would Makes do sense. that rather than say, you know what, let's just go in Iowa. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure out why, like, if the NFL wanted to extend the league, yeah, extend the league. Look, you know, cut out the preseason. Instead of having those first uh, four weeks be a preseason, just make them the regular fucking season. Those games like college, too. Like college does. I mean, the yeah. college, college teams can make it a preseason game by scheduling a cupcake. Some division two, yeah. some some division two uh, school where they know they're gonna beat the fuck up on, um, right? And right. That, and that can serve as a preseason game, mm-hmm. like Ohio State versus like like Appalachian State University or some <laughs> shit. Yeah, and they also need to. This is my last statement because I know you got to move on. Develop your expansion teams now. Get your five year plan together and say, you know what. In the next five years, we're going to have X amount of teams. Or just say, you know, we're going to, well, they can't because most of the teams in the XFL are, you know, states that already have, like, you know, things with, like, teams. Markets. Yeah. Say in five years, we know for a fact we're going to have these teams. And the thing is, even if they don't have a stadium built right then and there, that means that you're generating revenue for that town, which means that there's going to be jobs for that town. If they have I mean, to just look at, work at yeah, I mean, just look at look at let's look at some of the strongest college um, college uh, college football programs in the country. Mm-hmm. Why not for the NFL team in Alabama? And Alabama yep. is basically the NFL factory. Put a team, yep. put a team in Alabama, and, and put a team in Alabama, put a team in Oklahoma, <clears throat> put a team in Oklahoma. We have you have a ready-made site in San Antonio. Put a team in San, yep. in San Antonio. Yep. You know, um, uh, let's think other, let's, you know, put a team in Portland. Or, um, See, I didn't even think about a Portland. That would be a good fucking yeah. football team right there. Yeah, put a team in Portland. Or Seattle. No, they have a Seattle or, I'm thinking about. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Or I put don't a team even in, do it in Portland because it's too close to Seattle. Or, or put it in. Put, put a team in Indiana. 
You, 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 yep. what, what, what you want to do is probably put an NFL team in a state that doesn't have an NFL team. Yeah. Like, you like put one in Kentucky. Put one in Kentucky. I mean, that will probably compete with Tennessee, with the Titans, but, but you know. But it'd be, think it'd of, be fine. Think, I exactly. think it would be fine. Put another team in Georgia. Put another team well, in Georgia. I went, I'm looking at um, expansions, right? So I looked at Bleacher Report. Here, I'm going to just do the seven because, like, this is the, actually, I'll just do the ten. So the top ten, Salt Lake City, Utah, number nine, Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, Portland, Oregon is number eight. Sacramento, California, seven. Omaha, Nebraska. Now, see, never would have fucking thought about Nebraska. I can see fucking Peyton Manning owning that team, but there's that. Omaha, Nebraska, <laughs> number six. Uh, Omaha! Orlando, Florida. <laughs> you got number five, Orlando. Columbus, Ohio is number four. Vegas being, well, wait, when was this done? Well, either way, this is an old article, but that's number three. Number two, San Antonio, Texas. And number one is Los Angeles, California. When was this fucking article written? That's probably about four, five years, five, six years ago. So I'm I'm looking at 2022 real quick because this is March 2022. Um, Where are the teams? Okay, now now they're they're being a little bit ridiculous. Um, Cities that should have an NFL team. Tokyo, Japan. Oh, exactly. That that's how they start the list. Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> um, Mexico City. I could see that one. I can definitely see, see that happening. I could see a Mexico City one. Um, mm-hmm. Toronto, Canada. I, again, if the NBA can do it, why can't they? Toronto should definitely have a team. Uh, San Antonio, Texas, happen. and baseball too. Yep, San Antonio, Texas, uh, Oakland, California. Clearly, they. Every every town in California needs to have an NFL team at this point. Um, Oakland San needs Diego. a new stadium before they do anything. Exactly. Um, San Diego, California. Honolulu, San Diego Hawaii. needs a new stadium. San Diego needs like, a new NFL stadium. Because there's no I way like they would the, play it. No way they would play at Peckle Park. <clears throat> Here's the thing. I like the Honolulu look. It says, imagine a Super Bowl played in Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, then it says the final thoughts on um, that. It says... It can uh, totally afford to super its very own. I guess they were trying to say support uh, to super its own NFL team. On top of that, the weather is perfect for both playing and watching football, which mm-hmm. will surely attract attention. Right. So, um, only issue is if you're vacationing in Honolulu, Hawaii, like you would hope your team makes it in January. But then again, people say the same thing about Vegas. Um, Portland, Oregon is another list. Another one on the list. St. Louis, Missouri, Q. How did we... Uh, how exactly. did we... Wow. Wow. Yes, didn't even Lewis realize that. Yep. I totally forgot about it. Wow. What's the thing? What's the uh, city? St. Louis. They can easily put another team to St. Saint- they can easily bring another team to St. Louis. Like the Rams... Yep. The- <clears throat> People supported the Rams in, in St. Louis. It was mm-hmm. E. Stanley Cronkey being greedy and like, ooh, I can build me a $3 billion stadium in L.A. That's mm-hmm. why the Rams went back to L.A. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, I mean, just look at what the battle hall is. The Cardinals in St. Louis, too? The Cardinals are in St. Louis, yep. No, no. The Arizona Cardinals, oh, they were in St. Louis, too. Mm-hmm. Before, they moved to, before they moved to Phoenix. Well, I'll finish out the list because, you know, it's, it's almost done. So it says London. Obviously, they you know, they want a London team. They've been saying it for a while. Columbus, Ohio. I'm a huge fan of this 
you know, this portion of the list. I don't know how that would work. I don't know how that would work. That would be three teams in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. It says there will be three. Well, you have Columbus, you have Cleveland, and then Cincinnati. Well, here, here's the thing. It says, and I think this is really interesting to note because they mentioned why Columbus has the largest population among all the cities in Ohio. In fact, that is, that is true. Population is a total of both Cincinnati and Cleveland combined, which means it's mm-hmm. actually would it actually would be one of the top five hugest markets in the NFL. That's crazy. Also, at the same time, the residents are very supportive of the Ohio State Buckeyes, which means that if they get an NFL team and a solid fan base, they can sustain it for a long time. It says Columbus has the most criteria of a city that deserves its own team. It has a huge market. There's plenty of already existing football fans. Most of all, the city has stadiums where games can be played. With all of these reasons, the horseshoe. It's a, yeah. Exactly. And then, obviously, they give you a list of things you can do, like the Columbus Zoo, Franklin's Park uh, Conservatory, North Market Downtown. Right. Um, uh, to finish out the list, you got Norfolk, Virginia. Um, How they basically just say, well, Norfolk? it says that they, um, they might not be the largest in terms of market size, but its population is comparable to Buffalo, which, I mean, that's all you need to tell me. But then you have, but, 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 but that, I, I, I would see a team in Raleigh before I see a team in, in Norfolk. Like, that, and, and actually, you know what? Scrap that. Well, that would be cute. Because you got, you got <laughs> the Ravens, you got the Commanders, and then the, and then the Panthers. Well, his, his and then you go further down the road, you got, a, you got the Falcons. But cute. I think this Georgia can why, support two teams. This is why they put Norfolk, though. It's home to more than 233,000 residents. It also boasts Several stadiums that are mass capacity, including the S, uh, the SB Ballard, the William Dick Price Stadium, and the Atlantic Bay Football Complex, all three being indoors. And then, in parentheses, they said, think Super Bowl. If they said that, that's why that's <laughs> one of those at the bottom. But those um, stadiums, stadium, if you're going to host a, if a city is going to host a, uh, a Super Bowl, Yes, mm-hmm. especially in a in a moderate climate like DC, like D, yeah. like DC and Norfolk, it has to be indoors. So I mean, that is a yeah. plus for that. But that stadium needs to fit at least sixty five thousand people. You're fair. Now those right, stadiums, so if those stadiums can fit sixty five thousand, sure. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna just finish out the list. We already talked about Omaha, Nebraska. I'm not gonna go there. El Paso, Texas. I personally think I don't if. If Texas gets a team before Mexico, I'm going to actually be kind of upset about that. San Antonio is going put, to get a team. All they have to do is renovate the Alamo Dome. Yeah. Well, they have El Paso, Texas, and they have Austin, Texas, both as teams that they would want to have. My team that's on the list, and I mentioned them before, Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis has a um, NFL franchise, I'm sorry, NBA franchise in the Grizzlies. Also, it is home to a semi-major college football team. That means that there's already a solid fan base. Uh, and then, obviously, just talked about the things you can do. And finally, on the list, well, actually, it's two, and they're tied: Monterey, Mexico, and Frankfurt, Germany. Oh, and Barcelona, Spain. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the, the, I know the, the league definitely wants to get to London. That's why there's two. That's why there's two London games every year. At least mm-hmm. two to three young London games every year. They have a game in Germany this year. So, I mean, there there are options. 
there, the point is, the point of the matter is, there are options. The league has many, many options if they want. If they're ready to expand the league from thirty-two teams, they have options. Agreed. Do all of those options make sense? I didn't even think about Columbus, but having that pre pre that built in fan base with, with with the Buckeyes, they can sustain an NFL team. Even though mm. and, and, and and really the distance the distance between the cities, like it's hundred and sixty it's uh like hundred and fifty miles from Cleveland to Columbus from Cleveland to Columbus. And then from Columbus to Cincinnati that's another 150, 200 miles. It, it, it makes sense. It makes sense because I mean, just think about think about the the Eagles, the Ravens, and the Commanders. Commanders is 100, 120 miles from, from Philly. Um, mm-hmm. Thirty five miles, thirty six miles from Baltimore. It could exist. It mm-hmm. could exist. You could. It yeah, could I, I mean, and, and like I said, I lived in Columbus for three years. I lived in Ohio since nineteen ninety five. It's not just the Columbus that that, uh, that backs the Buckeyes. It's the entire state. Like yeah, there's right. Buckeye, there's Buckeye fans all over the state. Mm-hmm. So they could definitely back an NFL team. Definitely. Well, I think I'm just going to go back the the, the places I I would love to see an NFL team. I would put one in Alabama. I would put one in Alabama. Mm. That can. Like put one in Alabama, the, the Crimson Tide can be their minor league team because they basically produce half of the people in the, in the NFL now. So that could be that could be their minor, that could be that franchise's minor league team. Hey, like you know what? Well, that's not even go to the drag. You gonna come straight to us? Uh, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, you know, I I would see I would definitely see Alabama. I would definitely um, endorse a team in Oklahoma because you got the Sooners. I would I would love to see one in Portland. That Portland Seattle rivalry would be crazy, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you convince me on you convince me on Columbus. I think I think Ohio can support. I think the state of Ohio can support three NFL teams. If New if New York New Jer- if New if New Jersey can support two, <laughs> if if uh, <clears throat> if um, Texas can support two, and they can honestly support a third, they can get a third. If California can support three teams and they can get a fourth, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? All right, that was great discussion. There was one more point, but we have run way, way long on NFL this week. Um, and I want to talk about some some NBA news that has come out today um, about our favorite diva, our new favorite diva in the league, Kevin Durant. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! All right. So the first Kevin Durant related story is this one: Is the NBA executives believe that Kevin Durant is more likely to be more likely to retire than play for the Nets again? First story. First story. Kevin Durant related. Kevin Durant might be prepared to play some serious hardball in order to get the Brooklyn Nets to acquiesce to his trade request. NBA insider Mark Stein reported Monday, today, that one team executive told him during the NBA Summer League that Durant, quote, was more apt to retire than play again for the Brooklyn Nets. 
Stein followed up to write the situation hasn't improved since then. He says, quote, if Durant hasn't been traded by training camp, there is a growing expectation in elite circles that he will continue trying to cause as much as a, of a ruckus behind the scenes to try to prod the Nets into lowering their asking price at last to facilitate a deal. <clears throat> if it wasn't apparent by now, he really wants that trade of Phoenix or Miami or maybe even Boston or Philadelphia, no matter what it does to his reputation, when he hasn't played a single game yet under the four-year, $194 million contract extension signed just last year, August of 2021. Um, the 12, oh, there's more. The 12-time All-Star issued a them, a them or me ultimatum to the next team governor, Joe Tsai, according to the athletic Sham Sharanian. Sharania reported August 8th, last Monday, that he, quote, reiterated his trade request and informed Cy that he needs to choose between Durant or the pairing of general manager Sean Marks and coach Steve Nash. Cy wasted little time in addressing the story and made it, making it clear he's behind Marks and Nash. He tweeted, our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Yes. Yes. Hold your fucking nuts. Hold your goddamn nuts. I'm like, fuck Katie. I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. You're trying to be up there with Kyrie for me right now. And not even Enough with Kyrie. Enough. He's trying to be up there with James Harden. James Harden tried this. He, tried, he successfully tried this in Houston. And remember, Greg, we talked about this last year. Mm-hmm. We talked about this last year when the Harden trade went down. It's, it, these players are going to try to follow that same blueprint. But and the it's Nets not have work. Made, he has, the Nets have privately made it clear that they will take every last asset mm-hmm. from a team that trades for Durant. Listen, what did I, I, I swore I said this if it wasn't last Monday, it was two Mondays ago, and we were talking about this whole KD thing. And I mentioned the fact that it's like, you know what, like at some point the league owners and the people who like own these brands and stuff like that, they have to start taking their respect back because these athletes truthfully don't know what the fuck they want. They want everything. And then when they get it, they don't want that shit. Like it's the most diva thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm at the point where I'm like, yo, like you signed here. You're going to fucking play here. I don't go and tell my job one day. You know what? I just don't feel like working. You know what I do? I quit. But I'm also not being paid upwards of fifty fucking million dollars to play for them because I chose to play with them. And I told and you not just fifty million, not fifty million uh, over over four years. Durant just signed a four year extension for one hundred and ninety four million dollars. But Q, let's that, let's not he hasn't even begun playing on yet. Q, let's not forget the fact that Kevin Durant. Picked his team, his friends, and the fucking coach. He was expecting Steve Nash to be Steve Kerr. Here's the difference in Steve Nash and Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr knew for a fact that KD was only here to get the ring and bounced. It was like going, you know, how can I put it? Steve Kerr already had a ship that was leaving the dock, and KD swam fast enough to get on the boat. It's really that simple. KD now is essentially Tom Hanks with the volleyball. 
He, he's on an island by himself, and he's trying to figure out who's going to come save him. And all the people who he thought could save him, they thought he was dead. They thought he was just out here doing nothing. And guess what? He's out here doing nothing. You can't play with me, Katie. If I'm Steve Nash, I bench you just because. Actually, right. I don't even bench you. I, I thought about it. No, run his legs off. Run his fucking legs off. Because I have to go ahead. If you Q, if you just give me one second to give out my Gilbert Arenas goon goofball of our nationality award, it's going to Kevin Durant for threatening to retire if the Nets don't trade him, right? And you know, I never in the past, you know, a few months have never had my like actual awards listed. This one mattered to me so much because Katie, you picked them. I'm not going to talk too long. All I'm going to just say is when I get to my other awards, I have more. I'm going to make them quick. But Katie deserves everything that's coming to him. And the fact that Brooklyn held their own nuts and said, we are going to go for the jugular for any team that wants Katie. It's going to put the fear of God in every team because you know what they're thinking? He could do the same thing to us. More importantly, mm-hmm. if, if they are willing to say we want it all for an aging Katie, you know what? He, he's really not worth it. He really ain't worth it. So, Katie, you know what? When you out here and you playing for fucking Utah, be my guest. Be my you. You had the chance. You had the market, and you fucked it up. Being you, when and then to I hate to be the person to say this because we're local. Um, he had every opportunity in the world to pay to play for DC. Every opportunity in the world. DC won't touch him right now. DC would not touch him with a ten foot pole. Literally, I would not steal the pepperoni right on that homeless man's pizza. I would not steal the pepperoni off that homeless man pizza. I, no, just I mean, absolutely not. What team would would like willingly give up every asset for one guy, and especially yeah. this guy who's who's going to demand a trade from your team in two years? And you know, by the exactly. way. So, I, I mean, you, suck it up, Buttercup. It, it, Absolutely. So there's more to this Kevin Durant story. There's more to this Kevin Durant story. And I'm, I'm sorry I cut you off, Lou, but there's more to the story. So he's Kevin Durant feels that he is justified in his trade request because the Nets changed their deal. This is the juicy part. Don't expect a reunion between the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant. The superstar Ford reportedly believes his trade request is justified because the organization has altered its relationship with its star players, per Mark Stein. Mark Stein wrote, writes, quote, Brooklyn's change in approach since the season ended is thus believed to be a key driver in Durant's sudden desire to leave. For all the criticism he is taking for trying to force his way out, and most recently taking the extreme step of calling for the ousts of John Marks and Steve Nash if the Nets refuse to trade him, Durant appears to be operating under the belief that he is justified in making all of these rubber demands because the Nets have abruptly changed the terms of their deal. Stein reported <coughs> that Durant and Kyrie Irving, that fucker, mm. were believed to have originally picked the Nets as a free agent destination over the New York Knicks because, quote, they perceive Brooklyn as much as anything to be willing to bend to their will far more than James than the James <laughs> Dolan owned New York Knicks would. That is no longer happening. 
hence the chaos. Irvin even told reporters in late April after the team was eliminated from the playoffs by the Boston Celtics in a first-round sweep that he and Durant had a, quote, co-management relationship, unquote, with the organization. Irvin said this, quote, when I say I'm here with Kev, I think that it really entails us managing this franchise together alongside alongside Josiah and Sean Marks and just our group of family members that we have in our locker room and, and our organization. I think we just got to make some moves this offseason and really talk about it and really be intentional about what we're building and have some fun with it, unquote. But given that the Nets didn't either didn't offer Irving a long-term contract extension or didn't offer Irving the extension he was expecting, Instead, the Mercurial point guard exercised his $36.9 million player option for the 2022-23 season and has been the source of trade rumors with free agency now looming in a year. It's become fairly clear that the organization has had enough of the co-management relationship. And given that Irving has ghosted the team entirely at points, Barely played last season because he was ineligible for home games as an unvaccinated player throughout much of the year and has missed his fair share of time due to injuries across three seasons. The Nets, fearing they couldn't rely on him and not wanting to commit to him long term, didn't come as a huge surprise. Go for it. I'm waiting for the award segment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know, when you were a kid and, you know, every every year, I don't know, probably right around like Thanksgiving or Christmas, you'd have that like Disney on ice come to the, uh, you know, come to your local arena, you know, and you, you pay your ticket to go down and watch, you know, all the fun shit happen and, you know, or, or the circus would come to town or, you know, just, just whatever. That's what the Brooklyn Nets are right now. They're 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 just one big giant circus, and KD's going to get what's coming to him because he's not going to get his way. If I swear, I I hope like like Greg said, I hope their front office just just holds ground and does not fall in to his demands. But I, it, as far as him, like say he's going to retire. I don't think he's going to retire. I, I, I mean, well, he, he's, it's either he's, him, he's, it's either retire, it's either retire or he holds out a training camp. Or well, that's he's, a, a, he's trying he to call them. So much of a, he makes it so much of a circus that the net, the nets are like, fuck it. We'll take I mean, pennies on the dollar to get rid of him. But that's, I'm saying no one's going to do that. I, mean, I don't even think people would give him pennies right now. I mean, I just, I, I don't see it happening. A couple months ago, yeah, I could probably see it happening. Not anymore. I, I'm just at the the point when it comes to both of them where I'm not only tired of being right, I'm also in a position where it's like, when did everybody start figuring it out? I, I'm at that point. Cause it's like, if we all knew the shit, the beat writers were telling us, ESPN was telling us, everybody was kissing their ass. And then when they realized, like, oh, these motherfuckers just really, they want to play with each other, but then they don't want to play. They just, 
Okay. <clears throat> um, in my best Kanye voice, I told y'all. <laughs> I, I told y'all. Um, <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna just leave that there. All right. And we're gonna leave. We're gonna leave Kevin Durant right where he is, and we're gonna move on to this story from Tinseltown and comments that Richard Jefferson made over the weekend, saying that LeBron James has not done enough to be among the late, uh, the greats of the Los Angeles Lakers. Let me go. I, I believe Richard Jefferson is correct in this one, but here it is. LeBron James will go down will go down as one of the greatest players in NBA history, but will he be remembered as one of the Los Angeles Lakers greats? Former NBA forward and 2016 NBA champion Richard Jefferson, who played with James on the Cleveland Cavaliers from 2015 to 2017, doesn't think so. James said during an appearance <clears throat> But Jefferson said during an appearance, during an appearance on the Road Tripping podcast, quote, LeBron James has not done enough as a Laker to be on that list. LeBron been there now, this is his fourth season, right? They've been there, they've been in there four seasons. Two years, they haven't made the postseason. One year, they lost in the first round. And one year, they've won a championship. Right now, it's hard to determine if James will be remembered as one of the L.A. greats. He led the franchise to an NBA title in 2020, but he is entering just his fifth season in Purple Gold in 2023. Wow, I didn't even know this is the fifth season. Oh, okay. That's new. Well, then again, yeah. The first season he was injured. He had that groin injury that kept him out most of the season. That's when they traded for AD. AD comes. They win it. They were gifted a championship. The, the, the pandemic shortened season, the 72 game season. They made it to the first round and got bounced. They got bounced by Phoenix. Last year, they were completely awful and didn't make the playoffs at all. So, yeah, this is his fifth season. Oh, okay. All right. It's possible that James helps the franchise win another title before his tenure in L.A. comes to an end. But right now, the Lakers roster doesn't look much better than last year. And after all, basketball is a team sport, and the four-time NBA champion will need some help in his quest for a fifth title. If James manages to be considered one of the Lakers' greats, he'll join a list that includes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson, Jerry West, and Wilt Chamberlain. He's not on that list. We talked about this last week when I was like, oh, well, we're talking about LeBron in this number six jersey. So um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news again. We need to have a sound like Greg was right or Lou was right, Q was right. Um, LeBron's going down as one of the greats for the Lakers. And it's the Lakers' fault. They set themselves up for that shit. They leveraged the entire world for LeBron. And when he's gone, I'm not saying give that man a statue. All I'm going to say is, y'all lucky he didn't get two rings in L.A. If he gets two rings in L.A., I can promise you this. People are going to start having a lot of Kobe and LeBron like quotes. Trust me. Rest in peace to Kobe. But you know it to be true. And we just talked about it last week. They're going to say, well, Kobe did it with this person, with this person, this person. LeBron did it with JaVale McGee. I'm I'm going to leave it there because I really feel like People are really underestimating how fickle the league and more importantly, the fans are 
and the fact that like I, I'm starting to like LeBron. Mm-hmm. When I said that shit about him going to Miami, I meant that. I fully expect him if he doesn't win in LA this year, he's going to Miami and getting another ring there. And then if he gets a ring in LA, LA's gonna be like, damn, like we could have just given him what he wanted. And they have been. The issue is the team just garbage. But LeBron's always considered the best player in the league. How you best play in the league and your team is garbage? I don't hear Dane Lillard's like team is one of the best teams in the league because he's the best one on this team. It's just LeBron. So how is he not in the top for the Lakers? At some point, we got to be in a position to be like, yeah, the greats can be the greats, but they're not the best. They're just great. Both things can exist. Both things can definitely exist. When I think about like Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers honestly moved Brett Farr out of the way when it came to being considered the greatest quarterback in Green Bay. Now, somebody would say, oh, that's Brett Farr. <laughs> Ask them now. They'll tell you Aaron Rodgers is their God. It's, it's the truth. So, yeah, Braun, like, I, I would not be mad if they start putting LeBron on that list. I would not know. Right. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say about this, and I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Um, when Richard Jefferson said that, now, you correct me if I'm wrong, did, he said that LeBron hasn't done enough as a Laker to, to be, be considered, considered a great. I like a great. And the like, I agree. Well, Magic, All right. Kobe, All right. I, um, West. Like I said, short and sweet, I completely 100% agree. He has not done enough as a Laker to be you know, up there with Kobe, Will, Magic, uh, you know, any other, you know, the rest of them. There, he's, there's, there's no way he's done enough as a Laker. He's in That's the five. It. He's in the five. And I'm going to say he's in the five. You can remove Shaq. You can remove Jerry West. There, I don't think there's no way players. you can remove Shaq. I don't think there's any you, way in the you, world you, you can remove you, Shaq. You, you can remove Shaq. And the reason why I say that is because you if, you, Shaq, if you put you Le- a three-peat, like I said, you can remove Shaq because you can't have Kobe and Shaq in the top five when it comes to the Lakers. You can't. You can't. We didn't even talk about Kareem. Kareem should be on there, too. But there's going to be a lot yes. of people who are looking at Kareem, and we're going to be like, Kareem or LeBron. And you're not going to sit here and not act like the accolades that happened in you know Cleveland and Miami didn't happen because he's in L.A. now. The same way you can't say the Kareem shit that happened in L.A. didn't count when it, he was in Milwaukee. You, you can't say these things at all. So No, no, no. Well, bro, that, that, that's right, though. But but when we're saying, has he done enough as a Laker? Not, not as an all-time great. I know yeah, he's an all-time I, great. I, I feel so. Like, I, I honestly feel like people want to look at LeBron and they're going to say, you know what? Like, this is their guy. This is their guy. I'm not saying it because I'm not a Lakers fan. But what I am saying is there's going to be a lot of people who were born in, from 1998 until fucking 2020. And they're going to see LeBron as the guy who honestly got it done the year that Kobe died. That matters. Bubble chip or not, they're going to say, you know what? He did that shit. Now, was the team garbage ever since? Yeah. But you know what? He played with a lot of Hall of Famers. That, that's how people are going to see it. That's why I, I can't put Shaq. When I'm looking at Laker, top Lakers of all time, the list right now that they have, Kobe, Kareem, 
Shaq, Magic Johnson, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain, James Worthy, right? Okay. I'm putting out of that list, I'm moving Shaq. I'm literally moving Shaq. I hate to be that person. I have to move Shaq off that list. Now, if this, I'm going to just say this. If this little clip, if this podcast ends up going viral because of the fact that I said I'm moving Shaq off the list, which I'm, I'm, I feel like that would be the clip that goes, like, this motherfucker Greg is crazy. But, because they're going to compare Shaq versus Braun. And Shaq was good, but they're always going to be like, all right, if you had to pick between Kobe and Shaq in your top five, because that's how they're going to do it. All right, if we can't have Shaq, we got to compete. Shaq or Kobe? We're taking Kobe. All right, so yes, Shaq is yes. off the list. But Shaq has to be off the list at that point. Because, it, you know, Kobe proved he could do it without him. So if he could do it without him, it's like, okay, so that means that Shaq technically kind of needed Kobe, right? So we can take him off that list. Who do we replace him with on this list? It has to be LeBron. That means, <laughs> that means LeBron's in the top five. I mean, are we, are we putting... I'm going put to have to... Like I'm gonna have to agree to disagree because I, I mean, okay, Kobe won a championship without Shaq, right? Mm-hmm. Won two okay. without him. All right, and LeBron won a championship that was, like you said, basically gifted to him. With who on his mm-hmm. team? Garbage. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> he, I mean, he he, he had Anthony Davis though. No, he didn't have Anthony. Remember, Anthony Davis didn't do anything that series. Like, nothing. If you go into the stat sheet, he did nothing. LeBron technically pulled a Kobe to win the ring. Obviously, you had the, the fans and, you know, the fact that it was a bubble, there's that. But, right, you know, to, right. land my, to land my plane, people go are going to, they're going to see the fact that LeBron got all the accolades in L.A. the year that Kobe died, and it was in tribute to Kobe, why he should be in that top five. We, we already talked about Shaq being out of it. I can't find outside of Jerry West and possibly Wilt Chamberlain being on that list. And there's a lot of honorable mentions that I would put on there. Like, I like Paul Gasol. I don't know why. I feel like he's, he's definitely in the top 10. But when I see top five, Shaq easily is removable for me to put LeBron up there. And God forbid if they win this year, oh, he's a shoe-in. He's a shoe-in because Shaq Outside of that one year, Kobe was the one who got them the ring. It was Kobe. If somebody can find the lie in that, you let me know. But if we can say LeBron comfortably carried Anthony Davis, who hasn't done anything since, to a ring, and then he carries him again to a second ring, you're not going to be able to shut Lakers fans up. You're not. <laughs> well, you know what? I let you know, okay. You know what? We, Next week we need to. Next week we need to do a most, the most obnoxious fan base in the NBA because we get, absolutely that would be an excellent That'll discussion. Work. That'll work. That would be an excellent discussion because uh, we all know who the number one most obnoxious fan base in the NBA is. Purple mm-hmm. gold. Bingo. All right. Mm-hmm. Purple gold. So there was more on the docket. But we have been on for a while. We all have jobs mm-hmm. that we need to get to uh, in the morning. <laughs> we all have jobs that we need to get to in the morning. So three forty-five a.m. comes real quick. <laughs> we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna skip ahead. Um, next week we will talk about we will discuss the WNBA playoffs that kicks off mm-hmm. on Wednesday night. Um, 
there's some other thing, other there's some baseball talk uh, we need to discuss because we're fastly approaching the final month of the season. The final month of the season. Uh, shout out to Fernando Tatis getting suspended for 80, 80 games for using performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> Idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to go ahead and skip right ahead to the final segment of the show, the award section. Greg, you already started giving out your awards. I know you have a couple of more. Floor is yours if you want it. Yeah, I'll make them real quick. Um, the Adam Gates Why You Still Here Award is going to Liz Campbell, who has basically quit on every fucking team she's ever played on. Um, more importantly, she's a racist, and even Australians have told her that she's gone too far in her racism. She called the Nigerian women's team monkeys, and then we found out that she also said that they need to go back to their third world country. Here's the kicker. She's part Nigerian. That's the fucked up part about that. So you know what? And yet, we were going, and, here, and we were going to, we were going to discuss Liz Cambage tonight. I'm glad you brought that up because she, she, she has not. Yeah, definitely put her on the docket with the WNBA. Don't even start the WNBA without her because, boy, she is just big, dumb, yeah. and stupid. And I'm saying that. And not, not even that. She's, she's, a, she's given up. She's given up now on three teams in the W. The the Sparks. Yeah. She gave mm-hmm. up. She demanded a trade from from the Dallas Wings, and yep. she didn't like how things were changing in with the with the Las Vegas Aces, which she left and then went to LA and then quit on the team. And now, oh, I'm walking away from the from the W for a while. Liz, exactly. Liz, go go um, tend to your own fans page. Um, we all, we talked about mental health. We're gonna talk about her next year. Well, I'm sorry, next week because. We got to stop using the mental health excuse for the fact that you're acting crazy. So we're going to talk about that next week. The Bill O'Brien, you know, you done fucked up right award is a three way tie between Marshawn Lynch for talking his way out of a DUI, B, Atif Khalib's brother for shooting and killing a youth football coach because he didn't agree with the play, and Kyrie Irving for telling the New York, I'm um, sorry, the Brooklyn Nets that he won't play more than 60 games and he wouldn't have any back to back games. Now, I don't know if you guys know math, but I don't. Um, that math don't even math. Like, you won't play more than 60 games. It's 82 games in the season, and you won't have any back-to-back, which is roughly him saying he wants to play 38 games next season. Either way, um, the Lord Shemek in the Street Awards goes to the NFL for how they handled the Deshaun Watson thing. I've already told you the Gilbert Arenas Goon Award is going to Kevin Durant for threatening to retire if they don't trade him. Those are my awards. Lou, what about you? I don't have any this week. I'm, it's, it's all you guys. It's all you guys. Sorry. All right. So, um, as I stated earlier, my my uh, Adam Gates line is still actually she's going to get both of them. And the Bill O'Brien, you know, you know, fucked the right fucked up right award goes to Liz to Elizabeth Campage, formerly of the Los Angeles Sparks, who now <clears throat> who now I'm taking a break from the W. From the WNBA, they need to do better to protect their players. Um, uh, whatever. All right, whatever. Whatever the fucking lie is this week. Okay. All right, Liz. Go, go, go back somewhere. Go go back somewhere because you can't go back to Australia. They don't like you. You can't stay in the U.S. You, you, you quit on teams. You already you told the Nigerian team that racist shit. Um, you you refuse to play in the bubble in the wobble. You refuse to play in the in the Olympics, which I kind of understand, but hey, whatever. We're at that list too. Just go away. Just go away. We're tired. It's okay. You got a you got a booming OnlyFans business going on. 
go do OnlyFans. Bingo. And I know that sounds sexist and <laughs> sexist and all that. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't Pretty care much. at this point. I don't care at this point. Um, the perpetual Bill O'Brien you know, fucked up right award and that's why you still hear award. Perpetually it put in forever until he, until he kicks the cane or he sells or is forced to sell the team goes to Daniel Mark Snyder. Why? Because I fucking hate Daniel Mark Snyder. That is it for the awards this week. You can find us. You can find us on on social media, Instagram at Young Black Pod, on Twitter at YB Bothered. Thank you guys for a great show. Um, again, going back to my comments, the opening show. Rest in peace to rest in peace to Brother Nigel Holiday. Um, my prayers and condolences, condolences to his family, to my brothers of Alpha Phi Alpha New Chapter at Lincoln University, um, to all his friends and family and people that knew him. Um, my heart goes out to you all. Nigel, sleep forever and restful eternal peace. Um, with that being said, we'll see you next week. Have a great week in sports, everybody. Peace. Peace out, y'all. Hey, do you have the Wi-Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs, perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. It's the best VPN service you can get for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience the service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription. (laughs) 